0: Josh like, has
1: been on Twitter since before I was born. That
0: was like when things were still on uh, video cassettes. I got on Twitter the day you were born. <laughs> nice. And I told the world. Yeah, April, April Fool's Day, day 1997.
1: I was born on April Fool's Day. You know that? Were you? you, I, was. you I was. were first? 97 When I was six, my dad told me my birthday party was canceled. He was taking me to get a library card. Oh, I cried. Shit. He said April Fool's. Wow. I didn't know what that meant. Then I just cried hard. I was like, this isn't fucking funny, Dad. I oh wanted a party with a fire truck. It's How you doing, man? Wait. I you on a laptop, too. Don't oh. want you to be left out. Oh, oh let's go. <laughs> you text it, your birthday's canceled, and I'm taking you for a library card. <laughs> yeah, that's an insane <laughs> April Fool's joke to your six-year-old son is, with. Is he funny like that? He no, has like a very, no very dry sense of humor, but he has an occasional zinger. about Oh, his man, that's
2: great. Um, I, yeah. h-
0: I hate April Fool's.
2: Are you coming to future-proof, Sam?
0: Uh, I have yet to nail that down, but I'm okay. pretty sure. I got my plane taken. and everything. Oh, you going? I'm you're there. I. All right.
2: If you need any help with that, Sam, just let me know.
0: Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. All right. Headphones uh, on, everybody. I think I can do fine without this.
3: Jack, you cutting back on travel?
0: Uh,
1: No. Not particularly. Oh, you're no, traveling to the Hamptons. Wa- he's watching it up. I am going to the traveling Hamptons. Traveling to the Hamptons. Where, where's next? Uh, The Hamptons. But after that. Uh, South Georgia to see my family. Oh, Birmingham and South Georgia to see my family. But and after that,
3: Barcelona and
1: <laughs>
3: San Sebastian. Where are you going?
2: Where are you going in the Hamptons? Oh bad goes to San
3: Sebastian? So, I need you to move down this way More? a
2: little bit. And oh, nice. Let's get this. Yeah. Where are you going in the Hamptons? Where do you stay? Uh,
1: Montauk. Oh, really? and an oh, Airbnb. Shit. There's like 21 of us in a 14 person Airbnb. That sounds right. So you put like five people in a twin bed. It's perfect. I was in West Hampton this weekend.
3: Not for me.
2: And. Uh, Southampton the weekend before and I'm not a Hamptons guy. So I just like walking around and going to some of the restaurants and stuff with people. So
1: I kinda like I like it. Have you have you been to the Steven Hawkes? But house? I don't
2: yeah, no. I don't do shit show Hamptons like you do. Well I no, do. They, they have like Adult music. Hamptons.
1: It's does your generation appreciate Mr. Brightside? Is that camera off? Who? Or not yes. Yes. Okay. That's that's, that's all.
2: That's our. That's my generation's song, music. The Killers. Uh, see, yeah. Well, my no, generation know, also I'm... likes the
1: Killers. Like it's uh. a nostalgia for something we never experienced when it was at its peak. Right. So like the Beatles. Mm, we don't like them.
2: <laughs> we had our Hamptons when I was your age. It was like Neptune, Neptune's and Body Barn, and it was. It's gross, but it was great. Right. Wouldn't trade it for all the world. Right. But then I didn't go for a long time. And now I go, it's different because I'm with adults. Right. And they own houses. And like, you have to take your shoes off. And it's, you
1: know. We take our, we take our shoes off.
2: There's dinner reservations. And it's not like, you know, how effed up can we get a dinner? It's like, it's just different it than when be, I used though. to. It could be. It could be. Um, no, I had, a, I had a nice time. We ate at this place, Alea.
3: Okay. Sam, you ever, you know what I had today? Szechuan Gourmet, you ever go
0: there? Uh, I don't know. That's Szechuan
3: in in, uh, in New York City.
0: Is it? Yes. I'll check it out. What you got? What do you got?
3: We had we we overdid it. All right, we started with uh, soup, pork dumplings. Um, is it cold place on 38th.
0: Yeah. yeah, Indian.
3: Cold, I had Indian food last night. Actually, mango. Mango. The, he, had good? <laughs> he had the chicken. I had the chicken <laughs> tikka masala. By the way, that's a <laughs> joke. I know what Indian food is. Uh, I didn't say it. <laughs> we had like uh, spicy dumplings, cumin lamb. Uh, I don't know. I, I ordered a ton.
2: Well, Sichuan Chinese is, is like the it's spiciest. It's,
3: it's, it's a region
2: of Chinese food. No, I know, but it's like the spicy one, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Like uh, a region they, of Chinese got the, food. Uh, it's a wild got the Sichuan peppercorns, the one yeah, where you, you bite into and your whole mouth goes. Yeah, you, you're, you're
3: supposed to avoid those at all costs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Delicious. Okay. I'll check it out. Put my mic on. All right. What episode is this? One oh two. Oh wait, Duncan. What was that what was that drop that right. I wanted you to, to include from me? I have to work. I can't remember right off. It was funny though. It was good. Can't remember. Well, I guess it wasn't that good. Alright, let's make let's make a,
2: let's make a podcast. What do you think? Let's do it. Sounds good? Everybody's ready?
3: Oh yes. Feeling uh, very relaxed. You guys are making me feel very like comfortable. and relaxed. <laughs> same.
0: <laughs> Probably zero self. Yeah. That's yeah. a good suggestion. On All right. That high noon. John, right.
2: what show is it?
1: Josh, Component of Friends, episode
2: 102. Oh, wow. 102. Oh, my God.
1: Welcome to The Compound and Friends. All opinions expressed by Josh Brown, Michael Batnick, and their castmates are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Ritholtz Wealth Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment decisions. Clients of Ritholtz Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast.
3: Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Crane Shares, one of the most popular investing strategies over the past Couple of years has been uh, covered call strategies, particularly in ETFs. They they, uh, they blew up over the last, I don't know, 12, 24 months. We've spoken about the Crane Shares China Internet ETF before a million times, K Web. Uh, there is now a covered call strategy on that. The ticker is K L I P, that's Clip. If you would like to learn more about the fund, visit crane shares, that's with a K, dot com slash Clip with a K.
2: All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Compound and Friends, your favorite podcast about all things investing, finance, Chinese food, you name it. We, cover it. we cover everything on this show. Michael Batnick is here. John is here. Duncan's here. Nicole. Rob is in the background hanging out. And we have two very special guests today. First things 1st like to welcome back returning champion, Mr. Sam Rowe. One of my favorite market writers. Thank you,
0: thank you. One yeah, of the be best,
2: here. one of the best ever to do it. Thank you. Sam is the founder and writer of Ticker, a weekly newsletter providing market data, news and insights for investors. Sam has contributed to Business Insider, Yahoo Finance, Axios and more. Sam, welcome back to the show.
0: Thank you, thanks for having me back. So happy to have you.
2: And last but not least... Coming to the show for the first time, Jack Rains. Jack writes, The Young Money Blog, a finance-focused blog covering markets, memes, and more. Jack is also an an editor at ExecSum, curating the Liquidity newsletter, which provides daily coverage on all things Wall Street and Silicon Valley. Welcome to the show, Jack. Humbled and honored. All right. All right. Yo, can we just talk about liquidity for one second for people that are not aware of what it is, including myself? I follow all their accounts. I know you're behind some of them. <laughs> I'm reading the newsletter that you write, Young Money, but I'm also like following all the meme accounts. What exactly is liquidity? Like, what is the corporate structure of liqu- liquidity?
1: I mean, it's not, there's the not corporate. a lot of a, There's not really a lot, I'm, I'm of a, there's not a lot of a structure to it. It's uh, it's one dude. It's not me. So it's like, it's a little bit like
2: uh, the there's, Taliban.
3: They're C
1: Corp. I mean,
3: yeah, what
2: do you mean the there's plot? not a lot of structure? Like, I mean, it's-, it's Who not, is the head
1: terrorist there? Um, lit. Okay. liquidity. Okay. <laughs> first name Lit, last name Quiddity. Like, we've had- um, Like, he signs contracts as liquidity or as, like, the C right. corporation. Is Lick he, Quiddity. like,
2: extremely funny
1: in real life? Because he's really funny. He's funny, but he's a no no lot- like, He's, like, quieter in real life than like I like think it would be on the internet.
3: Definitely not funny. No offense. Okay. Fence. Ramp. Uh, uh, he's, uh,
1: yeah, like Ramp's
2: not funny in real life at all. Almost like Ramp almost <laughs> is depressing in real life. Like all of his humor comes out <laughs> through his <laughs> Twittering out.
1: Um, no, no, it's funny, but he's a lot more. He's wait, cool. wait, he's wait who's, the others, who's the original liquidity, but like— uh, There's the Arbitrage Andy. He went kind of postal after COVID. He's just like alt-right. Arbitrage conspiracy. Andy? Yeah, he he was funny, and then I think he might have gotten laid off during COVID, and now he's predicted the last seven world wars. Um, he's, he's all over the place. No, I was, wait, but I was asking you, remember the website? What's the guy?
2: The website. Yeah, do better. <laughs> Dude, he was, hilar- he was hilarious. I don't know if he's still around. He's a guy with a website. He mm. used to go to his own conference, but in costume. Oh my God. The fly. The, the Oh my God. <laughs> so you don't know about this. I don't, I, okay. That's before my time. <laughs> Way before you and liquidity and even Instagram. There, I mean, he's still around. Legend. He's a legend. I can't say his name. There's a guy named The fly and he had a site called iBank Coin and this was a true maniac is like that an, the was
1: iBank Coin the first cryptocurrency? No,
3: no but this, no, no, like, nothing this is nothing to do with, with like crypto.
0: Pre- li- this is he's like still, liquidity. He's still pretty active. On he's still on Twitter. I've seen him on I, Twitter. I didn't, Shot to fly. A, I didn't know that there was. I didn't know that there was. I love live this guy. Company. No, but he would have yeah.
3: events. He would hold a, an event and really? go in a costume. He nobody would sh- know who it he was. He would show up in like
2: a fake mustache and nobody. No, but so, real nobody knew who it was. Nobody knew who it was. Wow. So he would attend. He would attend his own. But I don't mean like a conference. Do people thing. Do
0: people know what he looks like without the mustache? No, I know. No, he wasn't really
3: a costume. Nobody knew who he was yeah he wasn't actually no a but he message. had
2: a name tag with a fake name yeah but so he was like an anonymous i'll tell you why i'm bringing it up to you so similar to liquidity like nobody knows who he is but hilarious he was like a day trader who wrote about markets yeah but when i say he would attend his own event i don't mean like a bullshit event he would rent out the harvard club <laughs> <laughs> and he would have all these degenerate day traders probably who 200 people there his, yeah yeah he, there were, like, media there. There was, like, press covering this. And he would be there in, like, a sweater
3: vest with his hair combed to the so side. So the whole of that, people are like, are, are you, are Sorry, you the fly? Who, are yeah. you the fly? Are you the fly? It's like Clue, exactly. but like a conference. Exactly. Dude, this is a real guy. All right. Shout out to the fly. Anyway. Did not think we would be talking about the fly. Okay. Anyway,
2: that. so liquidity. It's yep. it's more of, like, it's, it's like a movement, though. It's like, because, like, a lot of people are now doing financial memes and they're imitating the memes that you guys do, or they're resharing your memes. But yeah. it's, it's a big deal.
1: Yeah, the The problem is he managed to figure out how to make a business out of it with the newsletter and then stuff coming off of that. A lot of the he's other- Selling ads in the newsletter? Yeah, that's yeah, the business? Yeah, there's that. Okay. And then now he's like a venture scout for Bane, like has like a lot of different stuff going on. Like a lot of the other meme accounts have a lot of like attention online, but it's hard for them to, like you can't just like sell sponsored memes.
3: That doesn't work. It's hard but, to monetize memes.
2: Yeah, 100%. Okay, so, but if you're a real guy- or gal on Wall Street or in hedge funds or in private equity and you see the liquidity stuff, you no. could tell this is somebody that's intelligent. Yeah. So that so that became like a,
1: a door opener to do like real stuff behind the scenes. Yeah, because he worked in it for like seven or eight years. So like the newsletters while we do have a meme section at the bottom, it's like all the mergers and acquisitions, venture capital deal flow, earnings yeah, yeah. recap. So I, so it's,
3: believe it or not, not everybody knows what a meme is. Most people do. Right. But what, give an example of like one of his most, or one of your most viral memes. Um, like, what does that look like for the audience? Who's like, what the, f- what's a meme? I mean, so,
0: everything, everything that has uh, what, hashtag ref on it, like you, you only know good. what that means if you spent your entire career on Excel. Yes. Um, and then all the EBITDA stuff is, did you guys invent EBITDA? <laughs>
1: yes. Um, Maybe. There is, there was a whole video he put, the saving capital markets. I don't know if you guys saw that, where it was like the, it was from like Saving Private Ryan. Oh, and it's like so Mona good. Lisa meme videos. Good. But like the entire thing is just like, it's it's hard to do a, I don't know if we can like somehow embed this in the video version of the podcast. No, we'll, put, we'll put
2: links to some stuff. My favorite one is the one where it's like, if if this is your boss, you're going to survive, your company's going to survive. Oh yeah, like the guy, <laughs> they're
1: like, just awful or whatever. I loafers can't
2: even describe, but like yeah. the slacks that are like gigantic and then taper down to the ankle. Yeah. And then like the, sh- the shoes that look like they were bought at like Payless. It's like, if this is your CEO, your company's going to survive the recession. That yeah. starter
3: pack is an example of a meme. Yeah. yeah. Right? starter oh, yeah. packs. Yeah.
1: That's a great meme format, obviously. What was the pastor... There was a pastor. On oh, wait, here's a, here's a good meme. It's the you, one I know you're it's from, about. from the Barbie movie where it's got the two of them and it's like rich influencer girlfriend works 14 hours a day in private equity boyfriend. like yeah. this, this is a good meme. There's a lot
2: of Barbie and Oppenheim yeah, memes. a lot of memes. Barbie memes. All right, John, you'll you'll throw wait, some up I just, in the, in the one video, One last question I right? the better yeah.
3: How how tell, tell me about the process of making a meme. Are you, like, sitting down, like, oh, I got a meme. like, or does it just, like, oh, snap occur to you? Start with edibles. How do you produce a meme? <laughs> um, smoke weed. Smoke <laughs> weed. Step smoke one. weed. No, weed. Stop so there's, there's this. stuff that just, like, blows up, that gets
1: funny, where, like, a picture goes viral, and then people just make a caption that's yeah. related to something entirely different that uses that image. Like, the Barbie Oppenheimer is the biggest, like, it's the, like, biggest zeitgeist of memes right now. But if you're a finance meme page, you somehow relate... That image through something finance- right, right. like influencer girlfriend, private equity boyfriend, stuff. Anything like that.
2: that's like big in pop culture right now can be like very easily yeah. turned into a financial
3: meme. I do
1: think memeing is almost like the king. Oh, yeah, yes, one of the best ever. <laughs> that might be the best meme. Those videos are insane. Yeah, yeah. The dude um,
3: just with with two teeth just cracking up. Does anybody actually know what they were talking about in the original video? Somebody has Trung broke it
1: down. He actually wrote out the entire, like he translated it one time and wrote out what it was. It's just like, yeah, but it's something stupid. It's from some like, it's from some like uh, – I, I think he's – I know he's, he's from Latin America. I don't know if it's Mexico, but it was like a, a Mexican or Latin American talk show, and he was just cracking up about something on it's a show. Two
2: guys, they're, they're both cracking up uncontrollably. <laughs>
1: like like but, there are Doesn't
2: that remind you yeah. of the, the Hitler meme yeah, uh, yes. from the movie Downfall? Yeah, 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 yeah. Where they did that during the financial crisis 15 years ago, but that was like one of the original uh, finance memes where they would just – they would make it like Hitler is running the Federal Reserve or nice. Hitler's running the Treasury – or he's the CEO of Goldman Sachs, and they would just change the subtitles out. And it's Hitler profusely sweating and screaming at everyone around him, but they kind of memed it. And I and think it's that was like, an
0: early – It's like every like backup plan that he had during that phase of of – you know, World War II yeah, was yeah, just yeah. all falling apart. So it's like every time you heard about a business or like the markets bailouts. or so, Right, the bailouts. It's but, like, well, we're going to do this or this is going to happen. But it's like, no, you have advisors saying, no, that actually failed. We tried yeah. that. That's not going to work. You know, yeah. you're just going to end up in bankruptcy. And by
2: the end, he's sl- sl- slamming the table. Right. But all right. All right. So memes have been around for a while. You guys just do it at a very elevated level. Right. Very cool. Now, uh, your accent, what part of uh, what part of Long Island are you from? Um, South Georgia. South Georgia. <laughs> right. Okay, very cool. How long have you been up here? One year. Okay, and you're taking class at Columbia?
1: I am taking class. getting your MBA. Day. I'm working on it. Okay, dude, very cool. You're doing a lot of things. Thank you. For a young man. Thank you.
2: Uh, let's talk about the markets. Oh, wait, actually, yeah. Let's talk about the markets. I, I want to lead off by saying we have basically lost all sense of decorum. We— This has just gotten completely out of control. And I know today the NASDAQ's down and they're beating up some of the the biggest gainers of the year, and that's great. Um, This is from Ed Yardeni. In the brave new world of AI, investors seem to be willing to pay a higher valuation multiple for earnings, especially of the mega cap eight. Uh, Could it be that the historical fair value PE of 15 is history? Yes, It might be in the roaring 2020s dominated by the mega cap eight which currently account for 27% of the market cap of the S&P 500 and sport a 31.2 forward PE. Uh, The chart is showing the S&P 500's forward PE. uh, And then without those stocks, it goes from 19.2 to 16.7. So the whole market is not overvalued. But wait a minute. In 2013,
3: this line was at zero, meaning there was no difference in – Price to earnings ratio of the mega cap, and it's sh- there should have been right. The market was wrong. Apple was way too cheap. Remember the back out of the cash day. Remember that. So this remember is that 2013. Meme? Yeah, you back out the cash app. Well, guess what? It was right. Apple. So these companies should trade at a premium. The weird thing is, they're also the biggest companies.
2: But it's also two and a half times. It's a lot. The the PE difference. It's it's two and a half times that of the rest of the market. That's the part that. I think we've lost our and and cuz these companies are working on AI like this is what we're saying.
0: I don't know. Gentlemen, thoughts. Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. I mean, Longer, you know,
2: so, Short shorter of long <laughs> from these levels.
0: Go. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm more of a whole guy, so I okay. think I think it's pop, you know, it's always possible something can go wrong in the next couple of days or maybe even just like the sentiment go south. I mean, earnings from half of these companies are going to be out, you know, next week. So they could make some hiccup. Not about great that. so far. It's not great. Not great so far. I mean, in terms of like, you know, if we're talking about beat rates relative to analysts, it's like all that stuff is positive so far. Yeah. So whatever the expectations are, it's like, it's quite possible that they beat those expectations, but it's all going to come down to guidance, right? You're Netflix beat about the stock fell 10% anyway. Yeah. Probably because it right. just
3: doubled. Now it's only up 55% year-to-date. So let me ask you a right, question. Exactly. We're, we're GAPS guys here, right? We've, we, we always have been. Sure. So the NVIDIA gap that sits at 320 when they guided from like 7 billion to 11 and the stock gapped up 25%, when does that get filled? Next, uh, first quarter of 2024? I mean,
0: you know. Do you know how it, far away that is? That
3: gap will get filled.
0: So the, the thing- Mark my words. The thing about, The thing about the AI is it's like there's so many parallels to every other sort of bubbly tech innovation development that's come out that, you know, it's very easy to say, oh, this is like blockchain 3D printing, you know, the internet in the 90s and all this kind of stuff. But it's also, it's also being fueled by, you know, big names like, well, I hate to say BlackRock, like BlackRock, you know, just uh, put out their mid-year report. And a huge part of what the, you know, why they were bullish on, you know, big tech names was because of AI. And they were saying that, um, they had this, uh, uh, you know, roundtable a couple weeks ago that I went to, and, you know, I was asking them exactly this. It's like, you know, the, the valuations are crazy on some of these stocks. Is it possible that the, the, the price has gotten ahead of the story? And one of the things that they were saying is, well, the difference is there's actual orders for this technology. It's not like companies are exploring how to put blockchain into your workflows. Yeah. People are already implementing AI into their workflows. Yeah. Um, Jack uses it for all his newsletters. I do. Yeah, I've been writing everything. <laughs> I don't even years. think he's
2: writing anymore. Okay. I mean, if
3: Apple can make ten billion dollars or whatever off of the watch and the iPad, uh, the uh, the the AirPods, how much are they? What are they going to do when they monetize? Well, that was
0: unbelievable. That stock move yesterday. yesterday. Yeah.
3: So here's what happened yesterday. Josh and I were talking on Tuesday about how the stock market influences how companies behave, and I said, with Microsoft gaining 150 billion dollars in market cap in one afternoon, you just know that shit's about to change. And so Apple, two days later announced, actually, and by the way, they've been very coy on this. They've been very, did I use that word right? They've been very quiet on their, thank you, on their plans for artificial intelligence. Thank you. Here's uh, a Bloomberg article. Apple shares gained as much as 2.3% after they reported uh, their AI effort. Here it goes, okay. Apple employees say the company's tool essentially replicates Bar, ChatGPT, and Bing and doesn't include any novel features or technology. Well, stocks still went up to $40 billion. The system is accessible as a web application, a, whatever, 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 whatever. Well, what I wanna- Apple get, has no current plans to, to release it to consumers. Doesn't matter, 40 billion. So what I wanna ask you is this, <laughs> is text-based AI going to just be something that everybody has like the web browser where there's Chrome oh, and Safari question. and Internet Explorer and whatever else, like is everybody going to have some sort of version of this?
0: I think um, I think if you're in a business where there's a lot of communications involved, like a lot of inter-office emails and slide decks that you have to, you know, put together for you know VP or whatever, I think it's going to be be huge because it's like how how much time and you're happy to pay for it? You're happy to pay for it because it's 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 time well spent rather than having someone who gets paid you know six hundred thousand. Has anybody
2: seen Bloomberg GPT in the wild?
0: Has anybody actually used it or seen it? No. No. They have a Bloomberg GPT. They announced
2: it like a month ago. I think in partnership with Microsoft or OpenAI, Bloomberg GPT. It's the first like finance-driven large language model.
3: No, but uh, I haven't
0: I haven't seen it, but I have seen. We've all seen ChatGPT, and we've all seen the output. Magic, and and yeah, it's magic. People will. People like who are usually sort of skeptical and snark about this this kind of stuff are taking screen grabs based off of prompts that they put up, and then they they tweet it because it's hilarious. It's amazing.
3: Nobody's I don't think anybody's dismissive. You might be dismissive of what it's done to the stock market and said too 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 much too soon. Yeah. This morning, uh, Google is testing a new tool known internally as Genesis that can write news articles that has been demoed for the New York Times, the Washington Post, and the Wall Street Journal. So these companies quickly got a re-rating. To Josh's point, probably has been overdone. But is there I guess there's doubt. Of course, there's doubt, but we could legitimately be talking about like unlocking tens of billions of dollars of revenue. So I I feel like people
1: just don't know who's going to win it. Like they're all yeah. popping off because totally. like yes. Apple could win it or Google could win it or the one with Meta coming out where I'm like I'm not a like tech wizard or anything, but basically they are opening up their like they're selling a commercial version of their whatever it is AI stuff and like Nvidia's up I don't know how much over the last year, yeah. but a lot a of what lot. Meta's developing could. <laughs> hurt NVIDIA because NVIDIA kind of has a monopoly on a lot of their chips that are for AI stuff. Meta could change that. So there's like a new development every day or like OpenAI was the thing up until three months ago. Now there's or now there's like seven right. JetGPTs. So it's like all of them pop off, one of them wins, and then the rest of them crash at some well, point. Well, that,
0: that's, like, that's like how dot .com bubble happened, right? Like, okay, in hindsight, we know that the internet was like extremely special and search engines and all this stuff was great. But back then, you know, it was AOL search and... Alta Vista and, and, and Prodigy. And those were massive companies back then. And, and you know, most of those names don't exist. And you know, today it's stuff like Google and Facebook and all these other names that came after, you know, the bubble burst. Uh,
3: is there any chance, like reasonable, is there a reasonable chance that the winners in this space are any companies outside of the top six? I'm, I'm assuming that Tesla's not going to win chat The winner
2: or, of, like, the company that benefits the most from AI becoming a widespread The technology. company
3: that wins AI, and maybe there's multiple winners, but is it going to be anybody outside of Apple, Google, Microsoft? I mean, it could be that a winner is someone who just implements the best, like a company that doesn't develop
1: AI but finds a way to become, like, five times more efficient with AI and then takes market cap. Like, I don't know, like, somebody like Stripe or just a random company. Airbnb might be able to, like— Better price stuff. I don't know, but there could I be actually think every vertical
2: better. will have its own AI mini champion. Like we have talked about Schrodinger, Schrodinger on the show. This is the drug discovery AI play. Uh, I bought it at like twenty, sold it at twenty five. It's fifty now because um, I'm a guru. But they are like the leading platform for other pharmaceutical companies to rent out that platform to perform their own AI. The other thing they're doing is they're providing the technology for free and partnering with companies, taking stock in those companies that are trying to do drug discovery with AI. Like they seem to be at the – SDGR is the ticker. They seem to be at the center of the universe for pharmaceutical-related AI. It's easy for me to picture every sector having like its AI play, so to speak, because it's so early. I don't know if that means for like a stock that's going to work over 10 years, but like you're going to see IPOs now coming out where companies are going to be like, oh, we're the AI for retailers. Like every retailer uses our AI platform to figure out when they need to restock. And then you'll see like a human resources AI, like, oh, we're going to track all your employees and then ServiceNow will buy it. Like there's going to be like... I think smaller AI plays but or what if it's just Google and Microsoft? Well, uh, I think they'll win the biggest because they'll address the most users. They're yeah. start
0: buying up. Exactly. I, I think I think yeah. that's what it is. Any, I think, whoever, start, like,
3: whoever starts to win goes like yeah.
0: Yeah, but, no, it, come I, over th- here. I think I think that's right. Like, you know, like businesses like Facebook didn't didn't create Instagram, they acquired Instagram, right? Yeah. Google Alphabet didn't create YouTube. They acquired YouTube. So I that's think it's, exactly
3: what's going to happen this yeah, time.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, how often do companies actually come up with anything on their own? Like, even like, you know, in the in the biotech drug business, it's like Pfizer, Merck, all these big companies. They, they acquire, you know, drugs that are in, you know, certain stages of discovery so before, and they're responsible for the marketing. Before
3: any of these companies could get to a $10 billion market cap, they're going to get bought.
0: Uh, Besides our open AI. Yeah, I think, I think that's possible. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, it's, well- was I, was I would, was yeah, it. I would speculate it would be like these small companies that aren't public yet. So it just these acquisitions happen very quietly. Like these companies are—they're probably, you know, Microsoft is probably going to acquire like ten companies today that we've never heard of. But like maybe one of those companies ends up becoming responsible for you know creating the the AI tool that blows all of our minds it's also
1: you get kind of a, a self-fulfilling cycle of Microsoft announced an AI initiative their market cap goes up 40 billion then you exactly. acquire 20 billion dollars yep. worth of AI startups it's just like you kind of just created that's a,
2: value yeah, that's a really good point like them just announcing it
1: is like a value creation
2: event well
0: it, yeah AI washing right like, like if you can't <laughs> if you don't deliver you just at least say something right John, but, this well, by the way my newsletter uh, is going to start implementing some AI yes. so, just Sam, everybody Sam wants GPT. Know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so check out okay.
3: this chart from, from First Trust. This is great. We're looking at the S&P 500 broken down by Decile, and we're looking at within that bucket, what is the forward P-E ratio? And what you'll notice is that by far- This is crazy. By far, the most expensive area of the market, just based on what they're expected to earn over the next 12 months, are the stocks one through 10. So the 10 mega cap stocks, they're trading at a forward PE of 30.6 times. Once you move from names 11 to 50, again, by market cap, it drops to 18 and it just continues. It basically hovers around 18 and then it drops from 400 to 500, the smallest 100 names are trade at 14 times forward earnings. So the market is giving this bunch, this, this group, a lot of credit for what they're going to do yep. going forward. And if there is any sort of a hiccup, and there probably will be, these names are gonna get smoked.
0: Yeah, um, but, you know, one thing— that I was, it, I'm thinking
3: of NVIDIA specifically.
0: Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, NVIDIA is, is is far more of a pure play than a lot of these other, you know, gigantic companies here. But, you know, how can you really, you know, sort of decompose how much of this valuation premium is due to AI versus, you know, just the rest of the business, the expectations for the rest of the business?
3: Well, just if you look at where they've traded historically, historically versus what they did this year, like, there's a lot of expansion going on.
0: Yeah, but— you know, I, I don't know. I, so I've been like sort of like changing my thinking a little bit about how to think about some of these bigger companies. Like you guys read my blog about how it's like, oh, this is not actually five companies, but it's uh, a, a conglomerate of like fifty companies. These companies just completely own all of our time. Like we're half of our computers is, you know, running off of the uh, hardware of, of one of these companies. Yeah. Uh, this whole show is pro- is going to be streaming on YouTube, which is owned by Alphabet, yeah. right? This whole like. I don't know what platform you guys are using for any of this stuff, but it's like it's all sitting on Azure or AWS or Google Cloud.
2: It's so it's so true. Like we were with a smaller provider for the podcasts, two different ones. Now we've consolidated the whole thing to uh, Megaphone, which is Spotify. So that which will not,
3: ev- which will eventually be Google,
2: right? Which which eventually <laughs> will right. Uh, the biggest listenership for this show, most podcasts, is Apple. Yep. Um, I would imagine that a lot of the editing stuff te- technology is Adobe, which is maybe not in the top ten, but it's in the top twenty. So it's it's just like you just go down the list and you realize, oh, there's a reason these companies are so dominant in the index because that's mirroring how dominant they are in our lives. And it
0: could be it could be that the the prospect for earnings might not be you know sort of Nvidia esque or you know small cap growth tech esque. But there could be a higher confidence that these companies actually deliver on those forward earnings. What
3: if we talk about this in ten years? These companies are so impenetrable, and th- I wrote this like years ago as one of the many reasons why the valuation of the stock market keeps rising. Well, the biggest stocks, the biggest stocks, their moat keeps getting wider yep. and wider and wider. And don't those deserve a premium? Yeah, I think and,
0: I think that's a, I think that's a huge part of the story.
3: Like back in the day, there was concentration in the stock market. That's not a new thing. But when it was AT&T or General Motors, that didn't dominate your every, like 80% of your life, my entire life, and all of our lives are with these few
0: companies. Yeah. And, you know, if, you know, with all the indexing and all, all the stuff that's going on, you can just buy a portfolio of all these things, right? And so if you decide that you hate Apple one day, you're going to buy something, you know, the next day that runs off of Microsoft software or whatever. So it's like, you guys, thing- hate,
2: the value guys hate this so much <laughs> when investing becomes this intuitive where it's like, what are the best performing stocks of 2023? Buy them. Oh, uh, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, you know, all the best companies that you know, they hate that intuitiveness so much because it's not clever and an idiot or a child or a growth investor, which I think they look at all as the same, could just outperform. Uh, So they hate that. The other thing they hate is like, if an alien landed on earth right now and you were like, and you explained valuation, (laughs) and then you said like, and they said, well, what's like a very highly valued... Uh, like, what's an overvalued company relative to the rest of the market? And you're like, oh, Apple. And they're like, what's Apple? And you explain, oh, just like the company that gets 50% profit margins on everything yeah. and has the biggest installed user base and blah. They're like, oh, well, maybe that should be the most overvalued stock, shouldn't it? Yeah,
0: like, and, and the other thing, too, I mean, related to that, right? Like, the reason why, you know, value investors might be frustrated, especially, you know, like like you said, like, at the end of the year, uh, th- this is a story that everyone's gonna be telling, right? But that's the issue with valuations. I think we like it's one of the charts that 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 we're gonna talk about. But valuations, you know, might tell you if something is expensive or cheap relative to historical PE ratios or whatever. But the historical data tells you that a high valuation or a low valuation doesn't tell you anything about where the stock is going in the next year. On an individual stock basis, and even the market. Yeah, even even on the market too. Yeah, so it's like the fact the very fact that the the valuation is high now is sort of a manifestation of this issue of yeah stocks can get expensive and so why can't stocks continue to be expensive they can by the way
3: i am i am uh, i am in the camp that valuations do matter like what you pay oh, yeah. for a business ap- of course it matters but it doesn't tell you what happens in the next year two years three years or even five years it matters eventually it matters eventually
0: it do- it does matter eventually but you know what like a lot of these valuation metrics, especially like PE ratios, right? Like, so if a company is trading at 30 times earnings, right, this is a very high number, but most of the time you're calculating it based off of either the current year or, or what's expected to happen in the next year. Well, so that that's, uh, let's say Apple is trading at 30 times next year's earnings. Well, 30 years from now, is that is it going to be the same level of earnings? You're probably going to be able to sort of earn all that back in, in less time. Well,
3: analysts do that all the time. Like this stock is trading at, uh, you know, maybe it's 30 times earnings today, but it's trading at 22 times, 20, 30 earnings or something.
0: Right. So yeah. It's a dangerous, earn, g-
2: it's a dangerous game though. Oh, if you had, well, of course it is. Yeah. If you had played oh, yeah. that with previous dominant tech companies, oh, then yeah. you, would, you would be in Nokia at a level, you know, you'd be in Mo- Motorola. People forget that there were maybe not as dominant as Apple and Microsoft are today there were other tech companies where analysts were playing that game, thinking about 10 years out, not understanding that pretty much everyone in history has gotten disrupted. Yeah. Well, how about this? This, th- this, th- is,
0: this is why you got diversified, man.
2: There's
3: not a lot of things you could say about valuation that's like conclusive. Like this, is, this but what you can say is trading, uh, buying something for more than 40 times sales, which NVIDIA is at,
0: yeah.
3: is generally a very bad idea like that has not worked out very well like cisco from the from from 2000 to whatever 2010 it grew at like 20% a year the business but it doesn't matter because the, the market was pricing in like 35% growth. Right, and when right. you fall short of that, you get destroyed.
0: Yeah, you know, that, that kind of reminds me of how people used to talk about like the Chinese economy and like what used to characterize a hard landing for, for Chinese economy. Like when you think about the U.S. economy, a hard landing is recession, right? GDP goes negative and all this stuff. But there was a time when, you know, China is growing at 10% per year. 6% was a hard landing. 6% was yeah. a hard landing because it's like... You now know, they would people, do anything for 6%. Yeah. yeah, Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because it's like you, you plan... You go you're at 10% you plan for a 9 or 8% growth or some deceleration. You go to 6% then suddenly you have too much capacity and, and it's a nightmare. Jack,
2: you threw this in the doc, Nick Majuli's piece on valuation. This is the hot topic of the year, right? Like yeah. everyone basically is like all right, these companies are great but these stocks are overvalued. That's pretty much the commentary that I that I'm reading everywhere. What is uh what is this chart? What is this chart saying?
1: Yeah, basically that like P.E. ratios on average have been climbing over time, especially since the 80s. But it's one of those things where there was essentially like a like a monopoly. New York Stock Exchange had a monopoly on broker fees until 1975, which is right around when that started to inflect. So all of a sudden trading fees come down and then you have stuff like Robinhood E-Trade where more and more people can invest. And then on top of that, companies are getting more global now where – Okay, like, yeah, Apple's huge. You can say it's overvalued. But yeah. what if they expand more into Latin America where everybody still uses Android phones and, and WhatsApp and they start using iMessage? It's like, as more people can put money in the stock market, that supply and demand is going to make you go up. Companies get more global, it's going to make their. So, the Shiller, so, so this the go Shiller
2: up. PE ratio, which I think is now 30 ish. Yeah. So, the Shiller PE ratio tries to normalize for the economic cycle, it takes 10 years. Uh, worth of earnings.
3: Inflation adjusted.
2: It Inju- adjust by inflation. So so the idea is like, all right, what is, the, what is the multiple over a longer period of time? And it's very high right now, but you can see on this chart that it's been climbing. So I remember 10 years ago writing blog posts about like, maybe we should be paying a higher multiple on earnings. I didn't even get into the commission stuff that you just mentioned. Yep, it's a good yep. point. I was talking about like, what were the companies that were comparing these companies to? And they were fucking copper smelters. They were like like concrete block companies. Yeah. Like, of course, those shouldn't be thirty times earnings. The they, first they,
0: they might have been growth industries. Well, at some point. the first yeah, but they <laughs>
3: never had margins like these companies. chart the back capital, out. the
0: capital intensive business. You
3: know why this chart is completely busted? And again, I'm not saying valuations don't matter. I think they do.
0: I think you're saying that. But,
3: but. no, I, we're going to edit but, this but so listen, that it looks stop, like you're saying. Stop. <laughs> when the Shiller ratio crashed. In yep. 2009, at the bottom, after a 57% drop in the stock market, it was barely below the all, the long-term historical average. Yep. Barely. The long-term historical average is like, what, 17 times? Yeah, so you're
2: waiting for yeah. that. Good luck.
3: And it was below it for like two months. Yeah. This yeah. is not— so, Okay, so the other thing, to Josh's point about these companies, which we've been talking about a lot, the first billion-dollar company inflation-adjusted was U.S. Steel. They, what year was that? Uh, like 1901, I think. It was and worth a billion dollars in 1901 dollars.
0: S- yeah, you don't remember
2: that. S- <laughs> they <laughs> I did. I missed school that day. I did a
3: post on this a long time ago, so the numbers are not hundreds. They're directionally right. The revenue per employee was like seventeen thousand dollars. Again, inflation adjusted. Facebook's revenue for employee was like four million. Like yeah. these are not apples to apples. They should yeah. not be valued the same, and they're not. Yeah,
2: people, you were getting so mad though when we were saying, yes, like, maybe the Schiller cape should be climbing, you know, well, like creeping higher every decade. Yeah.
0: So another thing, another thing about, um, the Schiller PE trending higher too, especially like since, uh, you know, like 1980, you also had interest rates falling for four decades. So, um, you know, actually, uh, Jeremy Grantham, of all people, <laughs> wrote uh, in one of his notes, I think, like four or five years ago, actually talks about this, where, you know, we may actually be in a new regime for evaluations, where it's not, it's a mistake to think about the 100 year average for the, the PE or the CAPE, but like, you know, something that's more close to whatever the 15, 20 year average is, because interest rates are so much lower. So the lower interest rates justifying those higher valuations for all those reasons, you know, lower cost of capital and all that stuff. It
2: was Robert Schiller in Money Magazine in 2012. Things can go for two hundred years and then change. I even worry about the 10 year PE. This is his Schiller PE ratio. Even that relationship could break down. It did. Yeah, I mean it's it did. Yeah. So,
0: um, um one one more thing I would add is um uh early last year, um, Goldman Sachs published a study where you know, they had like some wizard statistician like do some analysis here, and he con- or he it might have been she. They concluded that was it liquidity. It might have been. <laughs> it better. might have been. Yeah, lit okay. something. Um, <laughs> but the the takeaway the takeaway was that while you can calculate an average for the P, because there's numbers that you can use to to, to calculate, there's actually very little statistical evidence to suggest that the PE ratio itself is actually mean reverting like there's actually a gravitational pull to to that average like it can drift you know for years or you know decades you know above average or below average right but there's nothing that's sort of like gravitational about those long-term averages to suggest who's to
3: say that 15 times is the right number
2: well that's the thing it's not physics it doesn't behave based on rules that govern like
3: atomic structure in the universe well you know what else people these are not Now, yes, these are businesses that are publicly traded. It's not as if you're buying a 7-Eleven. And yeah, guess what? If you pay 20 times, that will have a much a, a direct impact on how much you earn versus if you pay 7 times.
0: Yeah.
3: That's not what this is. Yeah. Can you buy
2: can you buy Nvidia at 40 times sales as long as as you hit enter,
1: you scream YOLO? <laughs> Um, is that the yeah. way to do it? No, that's how it works. And you can probably sell to somebody who's going to pay 80 times sales. Yeah, for it. That's well, the that thing. guy's really YOLO. Well, it's like we were talking about earlier. Can you short these? Like, I would say right now, NVIDIA is incredibly overvalued, but it's also like these bubbles run a lot longer than they should. Like, yeah. I remember when I was literally YOLOing SPACs during the COVID bubble, like, I would buy them at 10 and sell them at 15. And then, like, Nikolai Motors went to 100. It was worth more than Ford. And they had a PowerPoint of a yeah. truck that never got produced. It's like, there's. I, there's this like idea I have in my head of like people hear about it like basically on Twitter on the internet and then you see it like people start talking about it and then Jim Cramer talks about it and then other people talk about it and it takes like months for that whole cycle like people are gonna just be hearing about AI and Nvidia like a month you don't want to short these things like the day
2: they get overvalued no and you can't you short <laughs> a value over the time this that, is that's not,
0: that's the thing too it's like with the passage of time you know earnings trend higher right like if, if you're looking at stocks and stocks broadly. usually go where They usually go up because earnings, your earnings usually go up. It it makes a lot of sense when you think about stocks going up, when you think about earnings going up.
3: This isn't satisfying, but the way that I think about markets that feel overvalued, not feel, quantitatively appear overvalued, it's much easier to adjust your expectations, right? And say, okay, I'm paying 28 times. That's probably, my returns are probably going to be lower versus I'm going to time the market based on valuations. Like that is a recipe for disaster. Can we also point out
2: Nvidia was in a fifty percent drawdown last year. It was more. It was more. a hundred and twenty. It's four eighty now. Yeah. So so things change really quickly. Meta was in a seventy five percent drawdown.
0: Oh my god! Talk about a round
2: trip. This chart, this chart yeah. of Nvidia is ridiculous. So I sat through that whole drawdown, and uh, it was
3: seventy almost. It was it was the worst. It's like s-
2: so. So I had a a head a former hedge fund manager, super successful guy. I know him in real life, texting me while NVIDIA was like 150 on the way to 120. And he's just like, dude, you have to get out. Einhorn did that? No. No, he's this is an under-the-radar guy. He used to work at a very, very big fund. He does his own money now. And he's just like politely like, dude, you have to sell it. And stop talking about it on TV this for the feels, love of God. This feels
0: a whole lot like, what, Tesla a year or two yeah. ago? Or, you know, when that yeah. started going nuclear? Uh, well, Tesla reported this way. I think we're going to get into that.
2: Let's talk about earnings. Well, we have some Sam charts. Uh, the earnings recession everyone's talking about is backward looking. Throw this up, John. Uh, what are we looking at here? Okay. So for the listeners describe.
0: So, um, this um, there, there's, yeah. So this is quarterly <laughs> <Yeah>. earnings. It's <laughs> um, a terrible meme. From, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is, Yeah. Hey, may, may, may you don't, maybe don't even have already. Margot Robbie in this. Yeah, so How the first the, fir- the first half is Oppenheimer, the second half <laughs> is right. Margot Robbie. So, all right, so so basically what you're what you're seeing in the middle is the current quarter, right? Q 2 S and
2: oh, P five hundred quarterly bottom up earnings, right? So share actuals and then estimates. Right.
0: So the dark blue is actual, and and the second half of it, the the striped is 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 forecast based off of analyst projections or whatever okay so you know we're so we're currently in what people are calling the trough of the earnings this recession. quarter that
2: we're seeing the reports of now could be the bottom
0: right for the cycle this quarter which by the way ended in june right yeah. so this is behind us so you know this whole matter of like the earnings recession and and you know really sort of obsessing about how they've been going down for the last couple of quarters you know that that's a good story if you were talking about this a year ago or a year and a half ago, where you're looking forward to what's going to be an yeah. earnings recession, this is the
3: story in twenty twenty two. That's why stock is one it, of the reasons why stocks fell. So it makes
0: much. A, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, the the twenty twenty two sell off makes a lot of sense when you consider the fact that we're currently having an earnings recession. But can I
3: say one thing?
2: The peak of earnings was the second quarter of twenty two. Uh,
0: couldn't tell you. I think it well, might I'm have just been. I test. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So we're saying that earnings peaked at fifty six dollars sixty nine cents a share for the S and P. Nice. And they're That's troughing at fifty two seventy one. <laughs>
0: That's not and a lot. Who gives a shit? It's not a lot. And it's we shaved
2: air. off twenty trillion dollars worth of stock valuation to discount that.
0: Yeah. Well, could have got worse? That seem,
2: does
3: no, that seem like madness know. to you? we didn't know. We thought it would get worse. Yeah, nobody, it, nobody thought that it, it was that, that, that that's all that was going to happen. Okay. Also, so it was an overreaction. And yes.
0: there's also this there's also the the recession that everyone was forecasting, right? Oh, coming. and with uh with a historically Should with a recession. Historically with a recession, you have an average earnings drawdown of like 30% or something. Yeah. And so that's something that would justify a 20-30% sell off. So
2: like sh- uh so so Sam based on Based on your chart, it looks like in the second quarter of 2024, which is one year from now, we'll make a record earnings quarterly high. Yeah, above Tw- the 22
0: high. Yeah, 2024, 2025 is expected to be record levels of earnings and, and earnings growth. Is I'm supposed to wildly retire. bullish on 25. Oh, 25. What oh. we need to happen
3: right. here
2: is no pandemic. Oppenheimer. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, well, or maybe right. pandemic. I don't Pandem- know. Pandemic was good yeah, for a lot. lot When's Oppenheimer
3: two coming out? <laughs> yeah,
2: Oppenheimer two. Uh, is the point that stocks lead earnings still, and that relationship really yeah, hasn't I changed? I think I think that's next try. I don't know if you guys uh, have that. Let's this, get into this, that. This
0: one from Bespoke actually sort of. You know, you can actually see it. Is this it? Yeah, yeah, so the dark blue line is the S&P 500 for the last two years. And so you can see the bear market in the dark blue as it comes down. This is while um, the reported earnings in, in light blue were still on their way up. But, you know, you can see in the second half of 2022 where, you know, the forward 12 months worth of earnings are starting to come down. This now.
3: is beautiful. So the market peaked before earnings did and a bottom before earnings what did. Happened in in Oc- lead what happened What happened in
2: October? What happened in October of last year? The stocks bottomed. There was no sign based on this that earnings were finished falling.
0: Yeah. What, I mean, what happened? So um yeah, I was trying to sort of figure out what that was really all about. And which um, part? The, the bottoming. Like, when, when people start—
1: earnings estimates are still coming Chad, down for Chad GPT was announced in November 2022. Is that AI? AI, I There you go. I think— I've, I mean, the AI thing, I think that's part of it. It gave Wait. people a new narrative anyway.
2: So nobody out. was really talking about it until January. You so also it's, had, it's hard for that to be plausible, but it would be funny if, like, <laughs> we would look back in five years and everyone just agrees. Chad GPT came out on November 30th, Stock 22. Yeah. Stocks front ran that by six
1: weeks and never went down. I mean, down that whole lineup. That's— that's A, I that's
2: agree with reports.
0: that you also have five that. or six months of cooling inflation right so this is what the strategist okay. will tell you was that like this is when people start to really feel good that the inflation battle could well, be inflation, won. inflation, peaked, inflation in peaked uh ju- no June June June, June of 22 yeah
2: and october, okay yeah. so october you undercut that low but then you bounced really
0: quickly yeah because stocks lead right so you know you don't have to have a, a, a pivot at the fed for for stocks to bottom it's just this expectation that the pivot's going to come in four or five six next months. chart
2: what do we got here margins have been the big story will continue to be the big story you know who told us that last week we had uh michael semblist on the show yeah was that last week? Yeah. 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 He said I said where's the puck going? If we're not worried about inflation, what are they going to what are they going to be worried about next? He said margins.
0: Yeah, you got to figure this out cuz you know, the fluctuations in margins is determines whether or not your sales your earnings will be amplified by sales growth or sales Okay, so this is
2: margin expectations have fallen, record margins are no longer penciled in by analysts. This is showing us S&P 500 quarterly net margins X financials. And the yellow is estimates. Sam, yeah, what so
3: if what if uh, inf- not what if inflation is cooling off? These companies aren't lowering their prices, so can't that be
0: a reason for margin expansion? It's certainly possible, but a, a, another big thing here. Well, so you know, another big thing is yeah, I think that's exactly it. That's exactly it, right? They'll so, lower yeah. their
2: prices if they need to clear inventory. They'll the lower well, their fine.
0: prices if they need to clear inventory. They'll lower their prices if the you know. If supply chains are so fixed and the excess demand in the economy has been sort of exhausted that they now have to compete for business, then, yeah, yeah you start lowering prices. But for the most part, companies are are doing pretty well in terms of sales. Do
3: airlines uh, who are competing very difficult look like they're lowering prices?
0: Isn't uh, – isn't, isn't, Although, are actually – prices already sort well, of in kind pro, of a deflation? Yeah, yeah. A little bit.
3: Although – Well, don't need to go there.
2: I like this chart. I sent this to you and Ben, the next one. Uh Earnings recover faster than they fall. This is from Savita? Yeah, this is from Savita. I sent Uh, sent this to to you and
3: Ben on Shadow. Wait, so this is uh, stairs down, elevator up?
0: Elevator up, yeah. So what happens here, and so Savita explains this, is that historically what happens is during the downturns, you make cuts, right? You you know you sell buildings, you lay off some employees, you, and you know you bring pay in severance. Yeah, you pay severance and you, you write have, down inventory. You have a much leaner operation, right? Yeah. And so when the sales start to recover, your a lot of your fixed costs are much lower than they were, you know during. The previous years so a little bit of sales growth goes a long way in terms of earnings growth and this is actually um, something that um mike wilson at morgan stanley has been talking about for a little while so everyone knows mike wilson as this bearish guy who's you know was bearish last year is bearish they this think year.
2: he's a perma bear but, but he's not he's not he's just he's been very garish. he's
0: way more thoughtful and it's like when you start to like read you know page two or three of <laughs> read <laughs> We don't have to, is it available as a meme? can yeah, bring uh, right. that for us. But, but that, that, that's the thing, though. He does talk about what he expects to be like a pretty aggressive recovery in earnings growth in 2024 and 2025. So he's probably on the low end of earnings expectations for the, those years. But he does expect a sharp rebound in earnings growth because of all these things that he thinks is actually going to be a headwind right now, right? Uh, and it's this phenomenon called operating leverage, right? The degree to which next chart, John. Um, it's this degree to which um, uh, a change in sales translates into a change Bottom in line. earnings, right? right? So on the way down, and so this is a big part of why um, you know we have this earnings recession. It's like sales are kind of weak, but because of the nature of the fixed costs, a small decline in sales leads to a large decline in earnings. Meanwhile, during all this. Meanwhile, all, while all of this is happening, companies are sort of realigning, right? You know, there have been some layoffs. There is new equipment coming in. Companies are sort of streamlining their business. People are, you know, you, you, sell, you get rid of the, the office and have people work from home. So the cost structures are a lot leaner. So you have a little bit of sales recovery translating into well, a whole this lot of is, earnings this growth.
3: Is, you just said leaner. This is the, this is operating leverage. Right. You're You're uh, 315. You go down to 200 pounds, you lose all the fat, then you go back up to 230 and it's all
0: muscle. That's operating leverage. Yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, (laughs) What's the next chart? Is this Wilson also?
0: Yeah. So this is uh, yeah. So this is just sort of like laying out the earnings expectations for 2024 and 2025. So in the middle, you'll see th- these are Wilson's forecasts. So you can see the bearish story over here for 2023. He expects a huge decline. He thinks it's not um, completely appreciated how much earnings will fall in 2023. He may, you know, we're going to find out if he's right about that. I think he's going to change his mind. He, he, I agree. Yeah. I mean, but you know, his 2024 and 2025 look pretty good here.
2: When so, he when he flips neutral
0: from bearish. That's when you buy NVIDIA. I don't give a shit what (laughs) price it's trading at. Just for the day. Just for the day. That's it. But the point here being that the most conservative strategist on, on Wall Street he still sees earnings growth. Still for sees next earnings year. growth for next year. John, can we skip okay. two
3: charts? Because we, we, we spoke about the valuation. We did the next one. All right. So we mentioned this chart of of showing the next 12 months PE based on the bucket of how big the stock is. The biggest stocks are much more rich than the smaller stocks. This is manifesting itself in returns this year. Uh 2022 value stocks kicked ass. This chart comes from OSAM and it's their value composite and the strongest decile of stocks that would be most attractive on the value factor are down 5% this year. The stocks that rank lowest based on the value factor, in other words stocks that are trading rich. I
2: was say the value managers had one good year in 10. Yeah.
3: Those <laughs> stocks last year it's the, over. Those stocks are kicking ass. So yeah. it's been not just a challenging year for value Managers, but for any stock pickers, because if you're not equal weight Apple or Nvidia, and how can you be? You can't be overweight. What are you going to have? Twenty percent of your your portfolio in Apple? Can you imagine? It's funny you
2: say that. Berkshire Hathaway's market cap (laughs) is now twenty five percent Apple, and its stock portfolio is fifty percent Apple. Unbelievable.
3: So they don't give a shit. So (laughs) them aside, because they have the biggest YOLO they've ever pulled. Yeah, there's like. I don't know what sort of constraints are on mutual fund managers, but you, you at a certain point, like you can't, you just can't be overweight these names.
0: Let's let's Yeah, I think th- you're right. I think you're right about that, right? Because there's probably something in the policy statements or whatever where they said, you know, we can't we won't let a certain right. name receipt. Right. 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 Yeah, what if it goes like two more years
1: and keeps going and then you try to go value and you underperform by like 20% over the next few years? It's
2: right? honestly, I don't envy it's the person in that position that has to make that decision. Like, do I buy the stock that just
0: doubled this year? Yeah, uh, in the size that it's in the index, just, and, reg- and regardless just keep, of the, just to keep up, regardless of the performance, right? Uh, you're paying someone a fee, and their best idea is Apple. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. I it's, know, but everyone knows about Apple. It's hard. Is that yeah. just quote it's billions
1: dumb. right there? Uh, it, did <laughs> I? That was a billions oh, yeah, that quote. was that was that was a That's like a
0: first season. Thing. Yeah, Josh yeah wrote I that. like Apple. I think
1: I wrote that line. Uh, actually,
2: <laughs> uh, wait a minute. That, he
0: nailed it. By the way, <laughs> he did.
2: So uh, let's move on. Goldman Sachs chief economist Jan Hatzius. Quote, we are cutting our probability that a U.S. recession will start in the next 12 months to 20% from 25%. And that's just science, Wait, credit to them. They've, <laughs> been,
3: they've been below consensus. Yeah. 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 No,
2: good yeah. for I agree. And uh, they, they've
0: been below 50%. Here, uh, quote, so, this, is, always,
2: this yeah. is Jan. The recent data have reinforced our confidence that bringing inflation down to an acceptable level will not require a recession. Like, you could do this without one. It's so soft. Uh, it's oh, whack. Yeah. What is this chart saying? This is just like moments that happened this year. So is, is it terribly important? I,
0: no, I think. The, no. well, I, I didn't put this in. No. no. So, but oh, this think,
2: is their probabilities yes. evolving. No, but I'm saying, yeah, the,
0: relative yeah. to the red, which yeah. is the consensus. Yeah, the they've, they've, so, they've
3: been more optimistic than.
0: When the was consensus? the
2: consensus most certain there was going to be a recession? October Fourth, of twenty
3: two. Fourth. literally at the bottom. Perfect.
1: Yeah. Bottom for
3: stocks. I mean, is that Perfect. is that
1: just because everybody thought that when interest rates went up, it was going to like. That just has to cause a recession. That was just the baseline. Well, also the pace in which they were rising, too. Yep. And we didn't even know they were going to start doing 75 basis point yeah. highs. Is it yeah. weird now that the S&P 500 is trading higher than it was two years ago and interest rates were zero? Weird it's super together. weird. Yeah, okay. Again, and I'm point, only 26, so this is weird. kind of my first time <laughs> yeah. doing this whole thing. Yeah. Super yeah. Weird. Like, I've been un- speedrunning un- un- <laughs> speed stuff No nope.
0: Unemployment's lower. By the way,
3: you're learning <laughs> you nothing. This kind of is all garbage. By the way, nobody got this right. Like <laughs> nobody got this right. I mean, you shouldn't forget that, this year ever happened. Yeah. Like, because I mean, yeah, it's going it, to mess, mess you up. Yeah, that's just like twenty. I think you, could,
0: you could argue. You could argue that Goldman probably got this right, right? Because they were they were always below fifty percent likely. Yeah, but nobody.
3: But, but I'm just saying the stock market and and the, just coupled the 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 soft landing into like two percent with an all time highs. Nobody thought.
0: That. I think there. I think there were some economists at some boutique firms who. Oh were sort great! Of like, fine. <laughs> Honestly, we are all getting <laughs> yeah. stupider. No, because of this year. By the day,
2: here's where
3: it's really going to get dumb. People are going to over-index on what happened this time for how we combat the next. Oh, I guess interest rates don't matter. Like, no, no, no. no. This is stupid.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a COVID related phenomenon that we're still paying the bills on. It's all COVID. Yeah, yeah. All the comps are stupid. Everything's stupid.
0: And there's 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 a lot of signs that's saying that there's just still a ton of excess demand in the economy. Right. Um, I think I have some charts in here, too, where, you know, there's a lot of leading indicators that say that there's still a lot of pent up demand um, in the economy. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's possible that, you know, we've to have this economic growth, you know, go on longer. I, I do think it's kind of ironic that it's not until months of job creation and months of economic growth that people finally decide to uh, get more bullish on the economy. I'm going to quote of uh,
2: one of the leading economists of our day, uh, Elon Musk. Elon macro during the Tesla call last night said buying a new car is a big decision for the vast majority of people. Mm -hmm. So anytime in this economic uncertainty, people generally pause on new car buying, at least to see what happens. Huh? And then I don't know. He's from South Africa. Uh, (laughs) He's a genius. Don't worry what it says. Oh, here's what he said. So when interest rates rise dramatically, we actually have to reduce the price of the car. Because interest payments increase the price of the car. True, checks out. So, and this is at least up until recently, I think the sharpest interest rate rise in history. So we have to do something about that. And so if someone's got a crystal ball for the global economy, I'd really appreciate it. Can we borrow that crystal ball? So, I mean, one day, it seems like the world economy is falling apart. And the next, everything's fine. I don't know what the hell is going on, to be totally frank. I wish I did. End quote. Same. It's very honest. You know yeah, what? I same. was about to say what is going on? That's
0: a lot better than you know a CEO coming out and saying, you know, we we're gonna have five percent growth for yeah, the year. Yeah, no three shit.
2: Years. I totally agree. Yeah. That's what he should say. Cause if if he's saying, Oh, here's how the economy's gonna finish the year, I'm not so sure I would trust that. Yeah. So and he's you know, he's uh He's Elon. So yeah. let's.
0: Um, that, that's the great thing about earnings calls, too, by the way, right? The, you, you, it's just blunt, straightforward. From you know, him. He's top, very entertaining. Yeah. From everyone. Yeah. There's no compliance officer stopping you from
3: Sam, last week were. we were talking about the chart that you had in your, in your note the other day about how Wall Street strategists are still bearish on the second half despite yeah. being— bearish this whole time. Yep. It's remarkable. You write, it's worth noting that the S&P is now above all the year-end targets Chart on. Wall Street forecasters had coming into this year. I mean, where are we right now? 4,400? I don't know where we are. Uh, th- whatever. Yeah, we're, 45 plus. Uh, 4,500.
2: The most bullish was Deutsche Bank. Deutsche. They're at 4,500. Barclays is the most bearish. 3,675. Shout out Wells Fargo. Also. Yeah, shout out to <laughs> Wells.
3: So we're getting some capitulation. Uh, Credit Suisse is racing. Um... And, and now you said like three quarters of them have raised their price targets. Like, should you be yeah, allowed we'll to raise your price target? There should be like, when you're, when you're, when you're, so I do a lot of live betting because I- Should you be um, allowed to? Psycho. Hold on. So, you can't bet on an NBA game, at least on FanDuel, when, when- No, when there's like four or five minutes left in the game. Like, all bet. That's it. Put your pencils down. There should be a pencils down moment for Wall Street strategists. I don't know when that Mike, is. July
2: though.
0: Like,
3: maybe after Thanksgiving, they You should stop. get, or you should get one- Adjustment, you should maybe one freebie. I mean, some of some, what do we think?
0: Some of these guys will adjust their targets like into the fall this is for a three name. months and what are they yeah. rules they,
2: they never adjust it away from the direction of the market
0: no th- no they do not they do they not. adjust That's
2: it toward fact. where the market is already i think you just
1: have to put pov- like publish the last two years of like with a line scratch through it, the new one over and over again for the last i don't know like 18 yeah. months or whatever showing how many times you changed it what day you put those first out. first of all here's the track record
2: first of all here's credit swiss which i didn't even know existed anymore it's nice that they still have an s p target we are raising our 2023 S&P 500 price target to 4,700, 3.9% above current levels with modest upside from multiple expansion. Very helpful. Also raising our twenty-three twenty-four estimates to 220, 237 uh, from 215 and 220. All right. So I guess this is the guy's last report. And then yeah. he walks out. He yeah. walks out. <laughs> is this coming from UBS? I don't even know
0: what's going on there. I mean, one, one thing one thing I will say about these strategies and these these forecasts and these targets, like, if, if you talk to some of them sort of, you know, off, you know behind the scenes, yeah, not a lot of them like playing this game. They as hate the it. Chance. They have no choice. They have so. to. But, you know, if you look past these targets, a lot of their research is, is still pretty good. And a lot of them will continue to, like, their, their fundamental arguments are still really robust. It's just that, you know, they had the wrong multiple on the wrong earnings.
3: All right, I want to talk about sentiment for a second. I, here's my take on sentiment. It is completely worthless unless everyone agrees, which is very rare. I think we can all agree that in 2022, everybody agreed that things were going to get worse. Yeah. You, were you at our NASDAQ event? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Remember, yeah, 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 so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did the, the, I, the I, survey. I asked, when yeah. was, was that December? It was 100% bearish. I asked yeah. the crowd how many people yeah, think a December. recession is coming, and like almost every hand went yeah. up. How many people think October was actually the bottom? There was like, you know, one guy who was probably trying to be funny, put his hand up. Yep. Everybody, So really, that was one of the few times that I can remember that everybody was on the right side. And
2: not answering on the internet, like live in Everybody person, was looking on, at you in the eye. Everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. was on
3: the same side. So when I say sentiment data is bullshit, here's what I mean. So uh, the July fund manager survey that Bank of America runs shows uh, what do you think is currently the most traded trade? Cash number one. This is what they think other people are are crowded into. So if you were to look at this, the Global Fund Manager Survey, cash is the most most crowded trade. The least crowded trade is equities, okay? So you would say, oh, wow, people are still bearish. This thing has room to run. Then you look at, Sam, you actually put this in one of your pieces, the expectations of higher stock prices. This is a survey from the New York Fed. The Uh, mean probability that US stock prices will be higher one year from now. It's 35%. It's basically as low as it's been in the last uh, decade. And you would suggest, you would conclude from this, okay, we have room to run. Nobody's bullish on the stock market. But then, okay, I'm sorry, one more one more bearish one. This is from JP Morgan. They ask, are you more likely to increase or decrease equity exposure over the coming days and weeks? And it's super low. Now, this, is, this was from June. I'm sure this looks different now. But only 17% were planning to increase their equity exposure, which again, was at the very, very lowest right. sign of the reading. Then you'll see something like this. <laughs> the active managers continuing to add equity exposure. The, N-A-A-I, the NAAIM exposure index, I forget what that stands for, is up to 99 from 93 last week. This, So this is exploding higher, which you would lead you to include, uh-oh, everybody's bullish. I should yeah. back off. And then finally, if you look at the AAII bull bear spread, which is individual investors, the number of bulls outpaces the number of bears to the highest degree since January 2022 in the market uh, top. All of this is to say, I just showed you three charts that were super bullish, meaning that people were underinvested, yeah. and two charts that sh- that might like be flashing. Uh oh, everybody's
0: bullish. I mean, there's like psychological studies on stuff like this where you can ask the exact same question. But just frame it slightly differently, yeah, and you'll totally get a different, different answer. Yeah. yeah.
3: So unless everybody is super bullish or super bearish, which rarely happens, I don't. I mean, these are good for blog posts.
0: Yeah. Lot, it, it's like there, there's posts. there's also the how do you think other people feel like how do your clients feel how do you feel <laughs> how do you think and what that? are you actually doing yeah. and that'll differ from what you're planning to do.
3: So hold on, Josh. Let me ask you a question. How bullish do you think Sam is right now?
2: Uh, I think Sam is exuberant. Write it down. I don't know. I I think not as bullish as he could be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one or two more high noons. So we'll see what happens. Uh, can we talk about charlatans? We love charlatans.
3: I think ChatGPT is going to help us monitor charlatans. Put like, Jack's,
2: put Jack's uh, tweet, tweet up. First of all, I fucking hate this guy. Oh, he's the worst. I think he's. I he, think he's the devil. Yeah. This is. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually think he knows exactly what he's doing. I don't think he's. I,
3: I don't think that any of this is, like, innocent. Wait, before we get into the charlatan, let me just set the stage for this. Ben Carlson, I'm going to give him credit for this idea. There's two types of charlatans. Type one is the charlatan who earnestly believes the message that they're putting out. And I I I don't know if that would be a charlatan, I, but I almost respect that. Listen, you're wildly wrong, whatever, but it's earnest. You, you It'll it's go sincere. down with the ship. It's sincere. You believe yeah. it. The type two charlatan knows that they're What's that, a
2: type 1 without insulting anyone personally? What's like a type 1 Charlotte? I would say John
3: Husman. Like is very sincere. Yeah, thought, I think he believes what he's thought, saying. Thoughtful. He's, he's not yeah, try, He's not trying to pull the the wool over anybody's eyes. Right. He's that. A,
0: his research is very robust. It's foundational. It's him, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 not comp- Michael
1: Sailor 100%. 100%.
3: Yeah. 100%. One. He believes My it. Yeah. He believes it. This f-ing guy is a type <laughs> 2. Uh so so rich dad poor dad now turned full psycho. Uh, and they know what they're doing. He said, "I think a year ago that the
1: best investment you can make was cans of tuna." That's that's a direct quote. Right. Like
2: you're gonna need to you're gonna need to feed yourself as this whole world Correct. comes undone. Does he
3: know what an investment means?
2: I I've never
0: read his book. I don't plan on it. It's you're you're conflicted. I don't know exactly what his deal is, but like you're conflicted Could by I your set financial. The, let me set the tweet to, up. Right. So.
2: So, he, so he's so he been calling for the end of the world now, like pretty vociferously.
3: That's you could be bearish, but this guy is calling for no, the end of different. the world.
2: Okay, so now he's saying July 17th with uh, the S&P up 25% and the NASDAQ up, I don't know, 50. I do not play the stock or bond markets. As an entrepreneur, I like my hands on control too much. Yet too many signs point to a severe stock market crash. If your future depends on stocks and bonds, please be careful. Possibly ask for professional advice. <laughs> I'm afraid that depression is coming. Okay. Maybe everyone will laugh at me for laughing at this in six months. We'll see what happens. The
0: professional advice part is pretty good. Yeah. Do you think maybe he just means like people are going to be depressed in the future? Yeah, that's what <laughs> I, I it is. Just, I like how he doesn't use Wait, cool Jack, read your tweet on. in your voice. Top rope.
1: Read Do your, it. Read your quote tweet in your voice. Go. Um, okay. The irony of the guy who wrote one of the most highly recommended personal finance books ever is a doomer who routinely gives 20 IQ financial advice is almost too funny to be real life it's true here we are
3: there we are i guess what his book was good it's like i think it might even- is it good
1: is it actually a good but well, i've never, I never read, but it. read it 16, i'd say never six, going to
3: 16 year old michael thinks it's good it was the first book on personal finance that i've right. ever read
2: what was the gist of rich dad poor dad like in one sentence i don't remember uh, it must be <laughs> <laughs> no brilliant. here's what i was,
3: here, here's here's what i think it is like uh, in, invest in yourself, like, like get smarter, I don't think put that's money. What it was about. Okay, I be, think it's about the habits of dads
2: who are wealthy contrasted with the habits. No, it was about compound poor.
3: interest and tuna cans.
2: Co- no, it was about comp. It was about like, save it. I, I never read it, it but like interest. I have the, an idea. Well, now he's not doing that. Now he's like telling people the world's going to end. Therefore buy my, whatever the f- he's so, selling. One more thing yeah.
3: about Charlene's Sh- that I, in this day and age where we've got ChatGBT, people can look shit up. Like, how are people – how do these people still have platforms? Because
2: they're very convincing when they speak and people yeah. don't care what they used to think yeah, used people, to say. Yeah, people
0: don't care what they used to say and people don't care, you know. I think people don't have time to vet people and vet information. No, vet I think
2: truth. that has nothing to do with it. They don't care. They want the message. I, I'm telling guys, I know this from personal experience. I went to a gold conference in Vancouver oh 10 years ago, <laughs> uh, 12 Why? years ago. I was invited to speak. I, it's a long story. I had no business being there, but it was great. Really nice people. And the, the, the whole gist of the event was you have to invest in these Canadian junior mining stocks because the world is going to come to an end. And Doug Casey, this is like his event. He's a a very nice man, comes up to me, says hello, introduces himself. Then he goes on stage and he's telling people, farmland or you're (laughs) like for your family. That's, you looked around the audience, they want that. That's what they pay him for to say back to them. People, as they get older, want the confirmation that, oh no, it's not just me that's getting left behind. The whole world's gone crazy. And actually it's probably coming to an end. They know that it's not true. They want someone to say it to them anyway. And that is uh, the domain of the type two charlatan. The type two charlatan is willing to be paid for delivering that message. And they don't invest that way with their own money. And they don't start companies because they think the world's going to come to an end. It's very obvious, but that's the message that they're selling. And it's very effective.
0: I think, yeah, I think one thing that does get lost in economics a lot and finance and, you know, rational behavior is that, you know, this whole economy is built on the actions of people who can people be are yeah. Religious peoples, you know, people are fucking nuts. Religious people. The
2: last, uh two episodes ago on Righteous Gemstones on HBO. So there's a family of evangelical um, mega church preachers and it's hilarious. It's it's a comedy. But they did a flashback episode to, to 1999 and the preacher is selling like survival pouches to his flock on a TV commercial and then the world doesn't end, it's like Y2K, and then Y2K ends up being nothing, and they're all protesting outside the church. Hey, you sold me all this fucking oatmeal, <laughs> like buckets of survival oatmeal, and I didn't need any of this shit. And they have to talk their way out of it, but it's like people have always been willing to pay for that message. Yeah. Um, so in 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 the economy it's no different. What is this chart, Mike? So Michael Sembolists, just as naming names, uh put this up. Basically, I like,
3: this. like there are the reason why I get mad about not people being bearish, because I've been bearish plenty of times, but people that are just like like depression level bearish, like like rich dad, poor dad. You are preying on the financially illiterate and it's just fed up. So anyway, Michael Sembolists who was amazing last week on the show, made a chart like what happened if you shifted $1 from equities to bonds at the time of the Armageddonist comment. And the track record's not great. So.
2: We don't have to We don't have to say the names yeah, that are does. on here. Everybody, yeah. everybody knows. We the know name. who they are. Everyone knows the names.
3: And it's not, again, it's not about being wrong. That's fine. It's just like these people are just relentless. And it's not even an na- at some point I said that Hussman does legitimate work. These people, it's that's not it's not even it's a personality disorder.
0: Well, I mean, some of the some of these people are associated with having said negative things going into the financial crisis, right? So like, you know, you get one really amazing bad call. And and you just your want whole, to repeat it. Yeah, your whole yeah, career yeah, is made. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like you're you're already set for retirement, and you, but, so why change? But
2: then there's a psychological component to that where like you got famous for being bearish in 07. And because you called the financial so crisis. Your that
3: fans ha- want you to be bearish.
2: So now you're looking for your next hit, your next hit song, because you want to get back on Bloomberg TV and CNBC, and you want people talking about you on Twitter. So you're like- you're always looking for your next hit song and it might never come. And it's always, like, they always
3: double down. It's never like, this is gonna be not as bad as 08. Like, it's always like, this is gonna make 08 look like. This life. gonna make 08
1: yeah. look like a walk in the park. I remember yeah. uh, Kyle Bass was one of the ones who was like one of the big 08 home runs. And then he basically had a TV tour for the next like 12 years. on. Yeah, he tried works. to short like 10 different currencies, None of them hit. Like he thought, Japan, China, all these countries were going to collapse. Yeah. None of them hit it. But well, the but rest of the world is
0: asymmetric. You only need to be right once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And
1: then you can always raise a new fund yeah. and raise. It's and like
0: it's it's like you know when you see like um br betting or whatever on on Twitter or TikTok or whatever like you know, pu- like printing out like you know these huge parlay yeah wins that make you a fortune you know based off of a $2 bet or something it's like that stuff is like really interesting but the professional gamblers who might actually be making money are they don't bet like that right put up these home alone faces this is great <laughs> <laughs> i always just kidding i don't know so there, so there, so
3: stocktwits did this did this meme i guess they showed 6 months ago the headline is how to get how to use the 2023 market crash to get rich and it's this kid with his hand on his head and then five months it's ago, like a
2: twenty-five-year-old. So a
3: month later, why you'll regret buying stocks in twenty twenty-three, and it's it's the hand is still on his head, but it's in a different position. Then the hands on his mouth. Three months ago, the Fed just crashed the market, and he's got his hand on his. It's in a fist on his cheek, and then just yesterday, <laughs> how to get rich in the twenty twenty-three bull market. Josh, you know this guy. That's
1: y'all were great. co-stars in uh, the same movie.
3: Are you aware of
2: that was he in? Uh, what movie was I in? The Netflix um, documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, right. Oh, he was in. This is not no, financial, financial advice. advice? Who
1: yeah. is this? Who is this? Graham something. He Graham was in it too. He, yeah, he also taught to uh, the Dogecoin guy. Or you didn't talk to the Dogecoin guy, <laughs> but he talked to the. Alright, so here's guy. the
2: difference. He's not registered like giving right. actual financial no, he advice. No, he's a YouTuber. He's doing entertainment. I'm just saying, your co-stars. Right. So you guys
1: were listed in credits together.
2: Got it. Okay. Do you know this? You know this kid? Not at all. Okay. He's. Uh, I think he's like 35. Actually, like, I think he's like got nine years on me. So he's got hundreds of thousands of views per video, and I guess he's good at making the videos. That's the Mr. Beastification of YouTube. You've yeah. Got a by the way,
0: crazy, crazy, f- I don't know this idea. person. Yeah, a- Fantastic thumbnail image. You this- know, just so when I say
3: charlatan, I mean like professionals. Yeah. Like, I'm not talking about this kid. Yeah. Professionals or yeah. charlatans. Shamath. Yeah. Duncan, are we, a the only- so a Duncan are
2: we the only people on YouTube who like are not haven't, like, just bitten the bullet and said, okay, let's just, write like, crash on every thumbnail. Let's just do no, it. I, I didn't can draw you just, just doing it already. There's just, just good people I do little crayon
1: thumbnails for you guys. Honestly, I'm f***ing tired.
2: Just, I want from now on, John, write this down, every thumbnail... I need fire. Is this fire literal fire? Yeah, that is George Washington fire. Sure. I need like hundred dollar bills, <laughs> <I on. laughs> like bills on fire in every thumbnail from now on. <laughs> I like this. I like this
1: Federal Reserve she Photoshop codes at the even, end yeah, yeah, where great.
2: I could start selling magic spoon. There was. Um, like, can we just get to? <laughs> there was that's all I want to do.
0: There was a uh, an internal editorial strategy deck that. Uh, I got leaked from BuzzFeed a couple of years ago. Oh, talking boy. About, <laughs> talking about how to like draw attention to. Yeah, how to the,
2: impulse idiots on the internet. Yeah, right. So there's right.
0: Uh, like, well, skipping all the language stuff, but like if you do like add some more reds and oranges and bring up the, the concentration, you got that? And the, the brilliance in it, like it's going to, it'll draw the attention of uh, people's eyes. Let's
3: talk about Twitter. This shit is crazy. <laughs> so uh, somebody tweeted, you should get a. Con- consortium together who understands your vision for this website talking to Elon so Elon responded we're still negative cash flow due to 50% drop in <laughs> advertising revenue plus heavy Scott, debt load need to reach positive cash okay so bloomberg did an article this is wild advertiser spending dropped 89% to 7.6 million dollars over a two month period earlier this year these are estimates of course the top 10 advertisers spent 71 million dollars uh from September to October uh, before Elon bought the company so what happens here does it just go does it go somebody told me that
2: all of the ads are now Cheech and Chong all of them them. they they buy the whole
1: advertising (laughs) it's insane every up, it's just these like weed gummies over
3: and (laughs) over and over again I, I blocked it I blocked that account.
1: I actually, It'll I, come I, back. I keep playing. I wanted to amplify.
2: I
3: but love it. <laughs> is, is that, that
0: actually Twitter true? true? Right Did Dude.
1: Cheech
3: and Chong
2: take over the entire? It's, it has to be at least like a $50 million. So Twitter asset. is basically a drug dealing website
3: now? It always has all man? that's going on? But It always
2: yeah. has It's every.
3: Uh, I've got a Bank of America promote tweet. I mean, it's just. Yeah, I've seen them too. Yeah, also, my
1: she wrote. She, I'm guessing oh, it's a shit. she. This anonymous Sophie oh. wrote a very detailed Substack about actually how they should restructure the debt. Is she I love, wearing
2: goggles on her head? Is that steampunk? I I'm into think that.
1: it's like an AI generated Margot uh, Robbie right, so, picture. Okay. But um, I love the A accounts that actually have ridiculously well written content.
2: So what happens?
3: What happens to Twitter? Like literally, does he just Nothing. keep selling shares? So to-
2: you know they stole a friendster.
3: No, no, no. But I'm saying, yeah, they're not. Yeah. They, they can't cover. I don't know this. I'm just saying, what happens if they can't cover their debt? Like, their interest. Does Elon just keep selling shares? What literally happens? I hope he, I hope
1: he re-IPOs it. That's
2: Here's what happens. Take. Morgan Stanley. <laughs> $10 billion. Like Morgan Stanley is going to actually have to take take the keys to this thing. <laughs> they they
3: are. Well, it's them and a few other banks. I think they, they, they're, they the lead
2: they're, they're, they're the biggest. Yeah. They're the biggest. They And they couldn't offload it. Nobody would take the debt. No, nobody billion. wants this debt. Morgan Stanley is going to have to, like, a credit committee. They're going to have to, like, take the keys. To Sam, this. do you know what the well, debt is the trading, trading at? Already the already blue. blue. They no, just I have it. no idea.
3: What do you think? What's the debt trading at? 30 <laughs> cents on the dollar? Not, not <laughs> uh, so, I mean, so now So now Twitter's paying people to tweet. What is this shit? So All Jason right. tweeted, what… WTF Twitter, you're paying me $50,000 a year to tweet. It was it's really cheap. like $18,000 a
1: year. That was over like
2: a four-month period, too. His Wait, there, is he just saying that Elon is giving him a salary? Just, or no, 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 no.
3: No, no I, I, is this a joke or not? I've seen other people tweet this. This is real. Yeah, this is I this real. These are real
2: payouts.
1: I didn't
0: get one, yeah. which is bullshit. Wait, yeah. can I, it's, cannot.
3: It's ad revenue sharing. Can
2: get paid
0: to tweet? I think you have to be on Twitter blue or you, you, have have to,
1: to, and you have to have had five million impressions a month over the last three. Right. I would like to point out my alphabet thread. I've got 30 million impressions alone. I haven't gotten a cent from that. That's, that's now ridiculous. who pays you? Does Cheech and Chong make a direct deposit? Um uh, Musk Venmos you. Musk yeah.
2: Venmos right. you
3: is this is this web three?
0: <laughs> this is right. web four. <laughs> We're past that. But you know, I mean, so it sounds like the payouts are based off of engagement. So this is gonna invite all kinds of insane behavior. Oh no, it's Oh, sorry. I want
2: to play this real quick. Uh, apropos of our Twitter conversation, uh,
1: I want to thank the motherfucking haters, cause you, 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 you really make me get up in the morning and be the best I can be. All the naysayers, all the people that wanted to end my career, now I gotta. I'm on a walk of fame. It's,
2: we could edit some of this, right, lightly. <laughs>
1: and that's the motivation. You got to let them haters motivate you. You got to let, if you want to go in the gym, get go on YouTube, see somebody talking shit about you, then go get your reps in. You understand what I'm saying?
0: So having, having,
1: worked, if it wasn't for the haters, I definitely wouldn't have pulled this off. I swear to God. I swear to God. Thank you so much. I'm going to give you so much more to hate in the future. Trust me.
2: Uh, and, and that is, of course, uh, John F. Kennedy. No, that's so. That's uh, Ice T accepting his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame earlier this summer.
0: Uh, so, so I've worked at a couple of media companies. Yeah. where you know there will be a higher up exec looking at the data and saying, "Well, this kind of content is getting a ton of engagement. This is getting shared. This gets commented on. Uh, this has all the clicks." And then you know the editorial team comes in and looks at it, and you are like. I'm, I'm sorry, but that was a mistake that we, someone yeah, wrote yeah. that. Or that was from a partner that we didn't even know existed. And it's <laughs> like that we cannot have content like this. And so, but, but you do know that like, you know, this rage, stuff that's polarizing, stuff that's conspiratorial, uh, and, you know, uses a lot of exclamation marks and headlines, you know, we'll get a lot of engagement that shows up in the data. Yeah. Um, you so, know the
3: vaccine <laughs> targeted uh, Tesla short sellers? Did you know about that?
0: Uh, no, I'm just learning about this. Yeah. That's dude, true. dude That's it's be all true. hate.
3: The
2: whole site is based on, it's it's based on different groups of people <laughs> hating each other, and then individual vendettas. Yeah, it, it's the but whole this, site. This,
0: but this is, I mean, you know, if if they don't already know this, this this model. Will not work because the advertisers are leaving. There's no. There's not going to be any revenue. There's no new advertisers coming. Right. Right. Because the they don't want. Because uh, you know Procter and Gamble doesn't <laughs> want you know. You're going to run sheets. out of money. Yeah. Like advertisers don't want you know their consumer products or whatever it is they're selling next to conspiracy and hate and you know. So I, I wrote this KKK down. KKK I said rallies. it's it's
2: almost as if a dying social network populated by the bitterest saddest most anonymous losers on earth is also not a great financial investment it's so weird like i can't believe it's not a gold mine sitting directly beneath an open sewer it's it's really amazing and it, it uh, kind of sounds it wasn't like, always uh, like that that's not what the site used to be that's just what it is now
0: i mean it's almost like there's some desperate attempts to try to inflate some kind of metric inside the company with the hopes of finding some… Yeah, they're finding very
2: obscure metrics and and shouting them out.
0: Yeah, and then putting them on a slide somewhere and then they'll try to sell it. All right, I'll give you a stat. Did you
2: know 20% of weekday Twitter is stay-at-home dads yelling at CNBC (laughs) or poor people explaining monetary policy to each other? Did you know that? I don't know what the other 80%. That's a real… I'm I'm in the other 80%. Uh, I make fun of the 20%. It's a fun fun role to have.
3: Uh, so, anyway, yeah, I want to give a shout to Rich Felony. Is that that's how you say his last name, Sam? It's actually yeah. pronounced
2: felony. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> you know Rich Felony. So the Rich just tweeted at me and. Tell me if I'm if I'm off here. You're so addicted to Twitter. So the, the most addi- you're the most addicted. No, I'm to
1: not. This not, not. even close. You then, Jack. I'm, are you on it right now too? I'm on it
3: right now. Same.
0: I've
1: been <laughs> on it the whole the whole yeah. call. Oh my you guys my my I've been checking my notifications like for the last hour. So
3: here's what I learned watching the Napoleon uh, trailer. I knew that he was a general. Did he also become king? Emperor. Emperor. Yes. I did not pay health. attention in world history. Duncan he did.
1: <laughs> he did. Then he got sent off to Corsica. And then he came back and like took back over they for they like 40 they restor- days. They restored and they him. sent his ass way further to another island. And then he died. El- Elba. Yeah.
2: They restored him temporarily. He had loyalists that were like, wait a minute, actually, that was good when Napoleon was- He also American. wasn't
1: that sure. That was British propaganda. It's a fun fact. Oh, that's it very aver- Average height for a Frenchman.
3: Which what was, was average for a Frenchman back in the day? Like 5'8"? Probably. Probably. We so, were, oh. uh, the human, the human Where are we going with this? This thing you learned on Twitter? It was well, propaganda. Which just tweeted he ex- I said he he was laughing that I said that on the podcast with Ben.
2: Oh, gotcha. Uh you're st- so you're on threads now, but you're still tweeting.
1: Yeah, so I thought a week ago that threads would probably win because I also felt Twitter declined a lot. And then I a just A lot of, a lot
2: of people smoke weed while they're drinking.
1: Right. <laughs> um but then I just couldn't stay on threads, and then I kept getting back on Twitter and I was like, Well, I don't even have Twitter on my phone. Is threads are already checking. dying?
2: Yeah. It's real? like Mm -hmm. You know I'm not allowed to post on threads anymore? It's going to be gone by the time you're there. Do you know that? Did I say that to you? No. Because my chief compliance officer was like, if anyone's doing threads, stop. Wait until our archiving software can plug into the API. Uh, And so now every time I post a thread... I think Nicole has to print it out and <laughs> hand it to somebody Send it in the to Iron or- no. It's like a whole procedure now. It's not worth doing, like to archive a thread. So we just all stopped, and I'm like, we got to find a way to do this because. It's a land grab right now. You got to be in The problem with
1: threads is that they have their list of influencers from Instagram. They put on there right away. But one, a lot of people on Instagram don't know how to read. That's the first problem. The influencers yeah, on people. there are illiterate. And two, those are the people who are posting the <laughs> most threads. So like, yeah. oh yeah, let me just go in here and see what Logan Paul thinks about the economy. Like, I don't give a shit about that. Kim Kardashian
0: is going to write a thousand word thread posts. Are you, now? Yeah, now. Yeah, are on, like are you posting on threads? A, I'm yeah. I, I, I am just for the sake of... Why wouldn't you? I'm, t- I'm testing out. I mean, it's I have every time. I, it's boring. like, I'm either going to post on, on threads or just like sit around and like watch TV. Why TV not just use LinkedIn? LinkedIn is a great place to
1: have a Twitter personality. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> nobody posts anything there. Your LinkedIn
3: trolling. is the There best, are one right. billion oh people God. there,
1: three times the size of Twitter, and nobody posts Oh, wait a minute. The, the I forgot comments. to ask you. Oh my I, God. I meant
3: to ask you this, and then and then two weeks passed, and it was just too late. I couldn't ask you. It was too late. Uh, when you... Did, you got in trouble, or the dean said something... <laughs> Can you tell a story?
1: Um, yeah, no, it's my favorite story. So, Do you know about I, this? Is this a true story? I, or is this, th- one no, of this your LinkedIn this, stories? No, this is a Truth. true story from a Truth. LinkedIn post. Okay. okay, so in October of this past fall, I was really put my foot on the gas on LinkedIn shit posting, And I did one saying I had, I, I posted this really long thing, personal finance hack. I haven't paid for food in Manhattan in three months. It's moving here because I keep going to different hotels around Manhattan and going in, signing off in random people's rooms, getting continental breakfast, coming back for steak dinner. I would take girls on dates to like, like the nicest hotels in Manhattan. and we would just leave and like it, it blew up. LinkedIn, 2 million impressions, screenshot of it on Twitter, like 15 million. Um, Austin Reef, Morning Brew CEO, his most popular tweet ever was a screenshot of my LinkedIn post on Twitter. It went nuts. <laughs> so I get an email from our dean of students like three days later. It was like- Somebody sent it to Columbia? A Columbia alum sent a screenshot of my LinkedIn <laughs> post. to <started> Our <laughs> dean of would, students. Idiots were outraged. Saying- like, pe- Saying, <laughs> I cannot believe that Columbia is letting students like this in that is destroying the reputation of our institution. And there were people commenting on the post that would have like Wharton MBA or VP of Microsoft or JP Morgan I saying, really go yourself. It, like this is petty theft. So people, like, people think
0: people think when you're on LinkedIn, you're at work. It's perfect.
1: So right? I ended up having you to go, lie. I ended up emailing the Dean Chaps. Is, and we're like, she's such a homie. She's so cool. But I emailed her back and I was like, um, She's like, yeah, can you come meet with me to explain this? And I was like, yeah, just, you know, for clarity in the last week, I've also said that I called Joe Biden and said, I wanted more student loan debt because I've got that dog in me. It'll make me grind harder. And I got, vac- <laughs> <laughs> and I got, and I got vaccinated a thousand times when they were paying people like a hundred bucks to do it and make a hundred as a side hustle. <laughs> Wait. Oh my
2: God. We're going to, we're going to save this for later, but it's actually getting late already. I'm just going to skip to this. This is you on LinkedIn two days ago. You told a story about being on the one train, the subway, (laughs) and there's a mother with three small children boarding the car. She has a stroller. She has one strapped to her chest, and then the oldest child, no more than five, holding her hand. (laughs) The car is packed. Everyone that was seated was avoiding eye contact with her. Like, nobody wanted to give up their seat to this mother with three kids, and this is you. Unlike the others, I didn't avoid eye contact. Instead... I looked her five-year-old son in the eyes and asked, do you want the seat? He smiled and replied, yes, please, before stepping my way. I then shocked him by saying, too bad. (laughs) The mother looked at me pleading, please, sir. We are taking the train all the way up to the Bronx. I replied, today, your son is learning a valuable lesson at an early age. You can't take anything for granted this world. If you want something, you have to go get it. (laughs) All right, so you're a sick so, a normal person reads this and gets what you're doing. Right? It's hustle porn. It's like a satire of, of course, what these uh, aliens from Silicon Valley are posting in their real voice every day. Okay, right. everyone understands that, but not, but except
1: not everyone. you people don't. No, like, the users on LinkedIn, and that's so that's <laughs> so that's
2: LinkedIn people are like he's people a
1: monster. <laughs> so that's, that's the secret sauce, right? So when, see, the thing about LinkedIn is one post stay on the feed for like days, weeks, yeah. months, if anybody likes it, comments it, it pops up on their followers' feeds. So every single person who's commenting, please tell me this is satire. Yeah, You're yeah, a terrible yeah, yeah, person. Yeah. I hope that kid grows up to kick your ass. All this stuff, that's just going to put on their followers' feed. that kid grows up to kick your ass. I got what a comment that was something like that, I think. <laughs> Um, it was something very oh bro you'll be the one pleading with him for the seat in 15 years I love that it's probably Um, true too it it probably is if that kid was real Um, and then I also always comment is this a joke no I literally hate children but anyway wait wait um,
2: this guy goes that kid will be primed for a career in
1: sales good on
2: you that guy's dead serious
1: no 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 he gets the humor those people get the humor but occasionally one or two of them might not but he definitely gets it
2: oh somebody said to you Instilling the grind set one five year old on the one train up to the Bronx at
3: a time. Well done. <laughs> Shout but out that's, Steven. A, that's a dude. He gets yeah, it. He gets it. Right, before we get out of here, I want to talk. I want to talk about the newsletter business. Like you guys are both. You're doing it yeah. like full time, solopreneurs or whatever we're calling you guys. Used to, Hate that term, but got, it is a
1: term. But you that's guys are doing it. Work. So yeah. what?
3: What? Jack, you just wrote a piece. Actually. Well, this is really. Not on the newsletter per se, but you wrote it on your newsletter. What okay. have you guys learned? What's, what, what 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 should we learn? Lo- he what learned we
2: know? don't get kicked out of an Ivy League school for LinkedIn posts.
3: So
1: <laughs> fair enough, but. So, <laughs> so uh, Ryan Peterson from Flex Sports, also a CBS alum, and he let DM me. He said, if they make you delete it, don't do it. I was like, whoa, like, you're like a billionaire. This is a crazy message to get. Yeah, yeah. He's like, freedom of speech. And I was like, you're right. So honestly, I think it could have turned into a bigger benefit for me if I had gotten kicked out for something that dumb. But yes, that's still a takeaway. You would have gotten a lot of clout. For Tucker then, Carlson would have loved it.
3: And then what? And then you don't have write a you're, book. You're, you're new yeah. to the... To the workforce and to the newsletter industry. Right. And right. I know it's ridiculously early, but do you think, like, is this going to be your career?
1: Yeah. No, I think so. I mean, I don't really want, I don't, because of my LinkedIn history, I couldn't really get hired anywhere at this point. So it's like, yeah, I'm kind of all in on this. We might have a place for you. What, uh, how many people are you writing for? Uh, on my newsletter, 43,000. And then on exact sum, yeah.
3: 254,000. And you're 26 years old. Yeah. Keep going, Sam. What about you? You ever gonna w- go back and work for the man?
0: No. Uh, you know that's a that's a good question. They probably I call you so. like, "Hey, we got an executive editor spot opening up." You know, it's funny. It's like as soon as I start this, they think that I'm just on the market, but like yeah. no, I'm actually really giving this my all right now, and it's it's great.
3: Oh, like you think it's like a cry for help? They well no, no they, they, they in
0: between gigs so I'll do a Substack yeah yeah, yeah 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 but no no I, I I think it's great like the the freedom the flexibility the... how many are you two years in now I'm or... two years in okay and I have a little over twenty thousand and you love it it's amazing you're
3: enjoying it. are you guys yeah, both in the stack or one of is are you Beehive. the Hive I'm, I'm
1: X Stack current Hive
3: what are you yeah, I'm
0: on Substack okay
1: what's the big difference between Beehive and Substack um, I mean the business structure wise Substack they make their money from taking a cut of like Premium revenue sub or on Beehive, it's just I pay like a hundred bucks a month for the list of features, and they all have they have like they're both good. They just have slightly different features, landing page setup, whatever.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: got it. Uh, we're gonna do favorites, but first, did you guys have fun
2: on the show today? Oh yeah, yeah. yes. All right, we had a lot of fun. It's probably the hardest I've laughed in a while. What about you? So it's nice to like
0: yeah, 100%. nice to get. All right. Yeah. As solopreneurs, you know, we don't yeah. do anything social. So I just sit in my room all day. Yeah. Vlogging. Yeah.
2: horrible. Full shit. Look at my wall. Uh, you're doing a lot of travel this summer. I do like traveling. All right. Uh, all right. Let's do favorites. I will start. Um, did you know Steven Soderbergh has a miniseries on HBO Max? Claire Danes. Who else is in it? Claire Danes is great in it, as always. And so is. The guy from Justified. What's the actor's name? Oh, Timothy Olyphant. T- Timothy o- So they're like the parents of a potentially kidnapped kid. And I'm, I won't I'm, say anymore. I right. haven't watched it yet, but it's. it's I'm 100% am to. I did two episodes, I think. And I think the third comes. I think they come out on Wednesday nights.
3: Does, has Soderbergh done, done any, any other TV?
2: I think uh, this.
0: Yeah, The Girlfriend Experience.
2: That was TV? Yeah. I, that I didn't watch. It was watch.
0: like Showtime or something. It's like. It's a series. It's crazy. Cool.
2: Anyway, I thought that was cool. My other favorite was Jack's LinkedIn, but we did it already. Uh, You're very funny on LinkedIn. Thank you. Um, And And IRL. And in real. Unlike Ramp Capital. Unlike Ramp. Ramp You're actually funny in real life. All right, Michael, what do you got for us?
3: Uh, Your boy Ray Romano. Yeah. Did you know he's got a movie out? No. Or I don't know if it's his directorial debut. Ice Age 9? Directorial debut. But he directed a movie. Wait, I don't get it. What's so funny? What's the movie? What what did you do? what's Ice Age Nine? I
2: don't know. I didn't. I haven't well, seen John It's
3: a series of animated movies. The Ice Age movies. Oh, he was. Oh, I yeah, got okay. Sorry.
0: Oh yeah, he was a character.
3: Uh, so he was the mammoth. The mammoth. The mammoth. Right, That's right, his right. biggest right. movie. Right. I right. saw That's a big movie. My dad told me to watch this. This is not the typical movie that I would watch. Um, but given that he's—you uh, just saw him on TV, and I love Ray Romano. All it was right, synchronicity, so it's you, called, you press play. It's called Somewhere in Queens, and his wife is played by—I forget her name. It doesn't matter. Here's here's the line. Leo and Angela Russo live in a, blue, a blue-collar life, surrounded by the big personalities of their overbearing Italian-American family. When their son's chance at a life-changing basketball sh- scholarship is jeopardized, Leo, who is Ray Romano, risks everything to help him but may tear the family apart trying to make it happen. Not
2: the like type of movie I that made. I watched, but it was it was great. It was, it was I'll, great. Give, I'll, give, I'll give it a shot. Shout out to Ray Romano. Uh Sam, any favorites?
0: Um, yeah, I was gonna just say a general thing of like, you know, try signing up for a bunch of independent newsletters. It doesn't have to be my newsletter, but like try signing up for some of the stuff that people are writing because there's there's actually some really good stuff out shout there. Shout out, right. shout out your favorites. Um, all right, so the one that came to the top of mind is this guy, Blake Millard. He's a financial advisor, and I, th- I actually met him at Future Proof last year. Okay. And he told me about his newsletter, and he's like, you know, I'm working on this thing. I, I publish it every night. You know, it's a couple charts, whatever. Every night? Wow. Every night. I don't know what it is, but I have to open his newsletter every Oh, wow. Night. What's it, so what's it called? It's called The Sandbox Daily and it's okay. basically just sort of a roundup of both research and news of the day. But I don't know wh- what it is about like his writing and his presentation. But like before I go to bed, I have to open it and scan through it because <laughs> I've seen this before. Because like Banks I I, a I know that oh, I, I know that if I if I've missed anything he's gonna have it. And if 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 I've seen everything that he's covered, then I feel good about my day that I haven't missed anything. Oh so interesting. He's he's capturing a nice cross. Can tell you who,
3: I, who I pay for? Eric yeah. uh, newcomer. Yep. Uh, Mark Rubenstein. Yep.
0: That's uh, Matt Klein. Amazing.
3: Um, who, else? Uh, who else? Who else? We for? Who, who else do I pay for?
2: Who else is mean, good? mean, Sam Rowe, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Who else Who else is good?
0: Who else are you reading? Uh, I just started reading Jack's newsletter. All right. Oh, you're— I mean, Jack's right.
3: incredible. He's oh, my God. Right. Yeah, Incredible I mean, writer. you know,
0: he's— Jack's one of the— I don't know too much about you, but it seems like you're, like, one of the few people— who can post on LinkedIn that you didn't give a mother a seat <laughs> on the subway, but then write something really thoughtful in your newsletter while quoting Ellie Wiesel. <laughs> yeah, no, I've got range. It's, yeah, the range bold. is. It, it, I'm really, I'm really impressed by the. Thank range. you. Let me quote. Let me and, quote. And, and I, I can tell, I can tell that you enjoy the writing. I, I think that's the thing. It's like when you yes. scroll through the newsletters, you can tell who likes writing and who's doing it. Yeah, for I bumped it, into yeah. Jack. I bu- remember I I bumped into you at uh,
2: the movie premiere. Yeah. Uh, Not long ago. And I think I said this to you. If I didn't, I would say it to you now. You remind me of me 15 years ago. Uh, I was probably 32 when I started blogging. And now I'm 46. But like 15 years ago, I like had, I was like compulsion. I have to write today. And I think that came through in the early stuff I was doing. um, Which admittedly was most of it not very good. But the audience didn't really care. They would go with me. Because they could tell I was like compelled to tell the story of what I was doing on Wall Street. And I haven't really seen a writer come along since until you where I was like, oh, I really feel like this guy is in that phase that I was once in. So I think I told you that. Or if I didn't, I'm telling you now, keep going. Um, because it's going to go somewhere incredible that you can't even imagine. I want
3: to. I want to quote Jack because he's he was silly on the show today. But
2: wait, wait, wait! I just gave him his flowers. He's going to react. This is like a moment. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> like
1: I, I appreciate that.
3: Seriously, I'm pound, it awesome. pound
1: it out. Let's All go. it
2: out. All
3: right. So sorry to cut you off. Jack wrote wrote five things that you changed your mind on. Number one was work and traditional jobs aren't prisons. You should sk- seek to escape. And here's what you wrote. Quote, there is absolutely nothing wrong with spending 50 hours per week doing a job you like but don't love that pays you enough to support your family and leaves you the free time to pursue activities that you enjoy. Your job doesn't have to be your whole life. It's okay if it simply supports everything else. End quote. Uh, you are wise beyond your years. I do, there's oh there's so God, much bullshit brutal. about What it, is that in response work to? For like, yourself. you
2: have to do what you love. to Okay, I put your
3: data. There are bad
0: jobs and good jobs. Side yeah. hustle. I consider
1: myself pretty lucky that I like what I do, but also, like, the editing side of exact Some that's not something I love. That's just, like, an additional income stream within the writing sphere. Like, that's what I view as my. Like, everybody has parts of their job they don't like. And if it, like, yeah, the whole idea you have to like love your job's fing stupid. Nobody actually loves what they do every day. Like it's just like
0: find something that's Yeah, what if you really love it three days, days a
2: week and two days a week you hate it? Isn't better that good than those? enough? yeah. yeah. 100%. And if
0: it pays if it pays your bills, if you can feed your kids, if you can take your kids to Disney World, it's like yeah. that's probably a pretty And then good job. do something you love when yeah. you're not working. It's plus if you have something you love and then you
1: do it for work, it becomes a job. It's better to like do something you like for yes. work and do something you love or you don't give a
0: shit if you make money from it or not. That's good southern all this all energy. The, Jack all the That's sports right.
3: guys that finally make it to ESPN or the NFL like it turns into a job yeah what they love turns turns into a job
2: yeah and it's okay to have a by the way it's okay to have a job not everyone has to be chasing their passion uh, if you could find aspects of your job that you do love yeah. it's
0: enough yeah yeah it's it, enough like just like the it it can be rewarding just to be playing into your strengths no but
3: Sam like, seriously what's your favorite. <laughs>
0: Oh, let me, let me throw out one more favorite while we're on this subject. Yeah. Um, Dan Toomey, video Ooh. producer at Morning Brew. He he's very awesome. awesome. You got to follow family. his Instagram. You got to follow him on TikTok. What or is YouTube? It? Dan I Toomey. I don't Ryan. follow him on Instagram. Morning Brew. Ooh, we're, I was in a video with him. genius. Uh, where he's, we were making yeah. fun of LinkedIn. I'll send it to y'all. It's hysterical. He's incredibly talented. A genius. Like everything that he does and with, with his team, you got to watch it. it. You will. How it, do you, you spell this
3: T-O-L-M-E-Y. Yeah.
0: He's he, also
1: so— I saw he did a stand-up show that I went to like a month ago. Right. If you, he does— He posts on his Instagram when he does stand-up. Highly recommend seeing him do stand-up. Like, I didn't know if, he, if he'd if he be as funny when it wasn't scripted. He's just as good. Like, all he's right. just a genuinely Shout funny— Shout out
2: to uh, Dan— I'm actually going to see somebody do stand-up. Talk. I don't know if it's stand-up or not. Going to uh, Alex Edelman's one-man show on Broadway. Do you know anything about this? Uh, supposedly, it's like the hottest show on Broadway. But he's like a comic. And I don't think there's anyone else, and so it's. But am I going to a? That's com- tough. Am I going to comedy? What's this person's name? Alex Edelman.
0: Am is I, he like a veteran comedian? Like, is he no, he's a He's in his thirties. Oh, is he? Well, that's. Kid but he like
2: on all the big like late night talk shows. Had him on, just had him on recently. What's yeah. his morning routine? I. <laughs> we follow each other on Instagram, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, and then I just think, oh, he's funny. Like he's a stand up comic. Wait, did he slide into your DMs? No. And then all of a sudden, he's like everywhere i'm like holy shit this guy has his own like broadway show so that's how i'm i'm going tonight uh, how,
0: exci- how exciting is that that there's like people you never hear about and then you they just explode out of nowhere i love that stuff
2: yeah i'm going to support it i don't even know what the show is about i i, I guess i'll i guess i'll tell you guys next week all right, we're going to wrap it up Wait, from here. Hey, hang on. Jack
1: had one more thing. I had, well, no, I had my, my oh, favorite dude. too, but also I had one question. You called him a kid and then said 30s. What age number do they go from kid to not kid in your head? Oh, I'm still a
2: kid okay. compared to
1: certain people I hang out
2: with. Perfect. That's, yeah, you'll that's be a kid ideal. forever if you
1: want. Um, it's a
2: state of mind, it's not a chronological. I grew that. I
1: love being a kid. I'm that's a right. 26 year old kid. That's right. Um, I was going to say my piece that I liked, I, fa- I don't know how I found it. It was this blog post by an Anu or Anu Aluru called Trophy Jobs. I thought it was super. It, I ended up like kind of writing about similar stuff in my last one. But just talking about how there's these jobs that like they're put on this pedestal for almost no reason other than they sound like something you should want to do. Like like everybody wants to be a VC or a founder. While it's not that every job – like VC isn't a trophy job for everybody. Some people really want to like be an investor, do VC. Some people really want to found a startup. But there's a lot of people like especially my age that just, oh, I want to be a VC because the idea of it's cool. And there's that in every Like I want to be an astronaut. Yeah, like yeah, same yeah, type yeah, of thing yeah. without even thinking want about be a the work. Yeah. And then they get there and it's like, oh shit, like this isn't actually right. an interesting thing. I want to be... Because you
2: know what? they? It's not that they want to be a VC. They want to be a successful VC. Yes.
1: Yeah. They don't want yeah. to be there are, an ordinary VC. There's a big VC. difference between those two. Yeah. That's right. I want to be an Oppenheimer. I, I want to be an Oppenheimer.
2: All right. I think we're good. All right. Uh, Duncan, are we ready to wrap up? All right. We're listen up, guys. This is important. If you love the show or if you even just like like it a lot, there's only one thing we want you to do. Write us a review. Like, be honest, but write a good review. Uh, You can give stars one to five on Spotify, on Apple, wherever you listen to the podcast. Reviews are important for the algorithm. They indicate to other podcast listeners that this is a quality show they should check out. On LinkedIn. So... Uh, is that heavy handed enough? My my pitch for it's All cool. right. hey follow uh, follow Jack Reigns on where's the best place to follow you? You're obviously funny Twitter, on LinkedIn. Twitter, Twitter and LinkedIn. Jack underscore Rains on Twitter. Dark, dark Jack Rains on Twitter. There we go. Okay.
1: <laughs> and uh, the sub stack is exact sum. Uh, get my beehive or beehive guy my blog is youngmoney.co and then execsum.co that's how I, I know it. that's
2: how I know somebody's under 35 and they have like seven different things you have to follow them
1: on <laughs> uh,
2: alright Sam you're the ticker tell people where they could find that
0: yeah it's ticker.co okay. oh we're both .co that's awesome yeah, .co is yeah, yeah. great Rock on, it's cheaper man. than .com oh for sure but well, what are you T-K- tker? tker.co .com. and you can find me on Twitter at Sam Rowe threads Threads at Sam, at by Sam All right, don't worry about it. You guys, question
2: you guys crushed it today. We, uh, we loved having you. Thank you so much for doing this and all the prep that goes into this and just making it a great show. I had so much fun. Mike, you have fun on this so one? Much. Love you guys. Yeah. All right. We love hey, you. guys, yeah, make sure you. to leave us a rating and review, subscribe, follow Jack, follow Sam. We will see you next week. Jack, go the the show. All right, you guys feel warmed up now? Feel like you are going to do this? I just want to kind of get the cobwebs out. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> round two? Let's go. <laughs> this is who No, round one. We haven't even been.